Hi everybody. Oh, turn on up for a while. Game show wave. Get your game show wave out, guys and girls. Come on, get your game show wave out. I don't know what Jamie's doing. Fucking... I missed this. Thinks he's on Barn of the Dinosaur or something. I love you. Um, Jamie, I do believe that these around this vicinity, around here somewhere. Um, no, this vicinity, not your vicinity. This vicinity right here. Yeah. Um, it's the 89th edition of the Broncos podcast. It is. It's the 89th, and I believe, but. This is a magician, you can't see him anyway. These are the Chronicles of Alan Hudson. Yeah, they are. Absolutely fantastic. He fooled Penantella. I doubt we can. Hit it! This is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. It's Boba Fett here. This is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. Hey, on, uh, my name's Alan Hudson. I am a magician. In fact, I'm a member of the Inner Magic Circle, whatever that is. We'll find out about them later on. Uh, but let's listen now to Tom and Jimmy with the Chronicles of Podcast, which is starting right now. Cause millions of girls to want to be a mermaid. It could have been done and a magic roundabout for all I know. Can I be a mermaid? No, don't be so fucking stupid. Of course you can't. Hello everybody and welcome to the 89th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And dee 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 dees dee 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 dees dee 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 dees are the Chronicles of Alan Hudson. This is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, as always, is this handsome fella right here. The, uh, it's the confused Scotsman Tom. Is that a Tina Turner song as well? No. It's, it's, it's a that? kind of magic. Ah, uh, okay. Who sings magic. it? Queen. Do they? Yeah. Well, I never knew that. I'll be honest with you. I'm it's not really down on that. Or it was going to be Abra, Abra, Cadabra. I can't remember who sings that song. I want to say Thompson Twins. I have no idea. I'm probably massively wrong. Alan's probably sat there now going, the fuck are these guys on about? Wait, wait. Well, I agree to come on their show. Look at the state of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's going on, guys? This is Scotsman Tom. Um, Jamie, yes, um, the first thing I wanted to bring up was uh, a conversation I overheard uh, last week uh, whilst I was on the train. After that guy that tried to attack me last week. Um, yes. This happened on the same day. This happened about 50 minutes after us or so when I got on the train. Lady gets on, goes to the train, the train tickety man. And she's like, excuse me, sir, where's Coach G? And he went, um, oh, it's just through there on a totally separate train. You know how they sometimes put two trains together? Yes, yes, yes. And she was like, oh, so if I go through those doors, I won't, I won't, I won't get in there. He goes, not unless you want to jump through the window. <laughs> but I was a bit like... This is your job. Yeah, I was so, about to say, what? Like, why are you being such a prick? There's no need to be so sarcastic. She was generally just asking a question. It's not like she was like, excuse me, like being sick or yeah. like, punching him in the face. It was just a genuine, oh, sorry, where's Coach G? He went, oh, it's through there. Not just want to jump through the fucking window, though. What an, why? Right. Why do people feel the need to be so rude for no apparent reason? I don't know. I was... I, I should. I, I was. I was going to step in. And I thought, you know what? It's pointless because it's absolutely pointless. Because first, she might have gone, "What the fuck are you think you're doing?" You know, I'm not a damsel in distress. And secondly, <laughs> he might have just knocked me out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, or throw me off. Yeah, 
and it was there every, every fucking trim was getting cancelled. Yeah, that's just unnecessary. Just, but I, yeah, it was so pointless. I hate people like. Oh, just, if if you're paid to do a job, be polite while you're doing it, especially if customer service is part of it. That's why you're paid to do it, dickhead. Tell I used to be a customer yeah. service manager. I get wound up by bad customer service. Then again, maybe he, maybe something happened in his life. We don't know, you know. But it was just, I don't know. It just really made me go, "Damn, dude! Like you're in the wrong profession." If that, if that's you know, like Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, this is a little story for you. So. Two things I want to bring up. One thing, let's all jump on this bandwagon. How much do you hate electric scooters? <laughs> Very much so. Well, not so much okay. electric scooters, the people that ride them. Okay, well, I have beef. So, Ooh, he's got beef. me and Keris, I had some earlier, it was great. Me and Keris walking over the bridge, which gets us into Newport Town Centre, right? And happily just walking along, we're just having a conversation. This little, These two little shitbags... One on a bike and one electric scooter were coming. I mean, hurtling. I was. I don't. They weren't just cycling. They were hurtling towards us. Okay, old couple on the other side coming the same way as them. The kid on the scooter was directly opposite me, and the kid on the bike was in this like a little bit of a gap here. The kid on the scooter wasn't watching where he was going. He was paying attention to his mate on the bike. Now I don't know if they were racing each other or what they were doing, but anyway, he was getting closer. And closer and, and I just I was there going I'm not going to say anything I'm just going to see if you're going to absolutely take me out or if you're going to pay and literally he got so close I went not going to pay attention then and he swerved and went flying off it was absolutely hilarious <laughs> good <laughs> but the old people were just like Jesus Christ kids today and I was like e- exactly why are you especially on a bridge where you could go into the water and that that river is not forgiving he would have died in there why would you not pay attention? I don't understand. First, like, what are you doing for starters? Because surely for electric scooters, you meant to have a drive. I'm getting, I'm getting so fucking cynical and old age on you at the moment. I'm so sorry. Oh, Mac in my day, we didn't even have electricity. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it really blew my mind because I was a bit like, dude, like, what the fuck? He would have absolutely cleaned me out on an electric. That was going to hurt. So I, I bet. Do you know what I mean? I was going to be like, well, I'm going to say something eventually because otherwise you're going to probably put me in hospital. Probably. I'd love the fact that you're just like, I'm not saying shit. I'm going to see nope. if he pays attention. Yeah. <laughs> you just step to one side and put your arm out and just clothesline him straight off. But then it would have been, it would have been, it would have been either the kid on the bike or Keris going in the river. So okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, there wasn't really a lot of room. No. Yeah. I swear. Yeah. You have to be like 18 to use one of those, I thought. So did I. Because I don't know if it's different because different companies all across the country, but the ones here, you have to download an app and attach that to the license. handlebars and stuff like that. I, I don't know, but never used one myself. But yeah, yeah I'm sure you meant to have a driving way. license as well. Yeah. So, um, but there we are. I have absolutely no idea. That that was just a bit really frustrating me this week, and I was a bit like, oh, I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah, I just... think when they put those out there, they should have known that they were going to be used by idiots. I'm always so, seen just scattered across the road because people just dump them. Yeah, no one gives a shit. <laughs> I no, I bet I, they're, they're probably making an absolute mint out of them, but they're probably having to use all that money to fucking repair them. Like people have no respect for anything anymore. Um, but there we are. Anyway, oh, this let's is get... a middle-aged hour, isn't it? It really is. Jesus it definitely, Christ, it definitely, it definitely is. Like, <laughs> but still, let's uh, let's get on something a bit more comical. Do you remember when everybody was scared to cough? <laughs> during the pandemic yeah 
Well, just, yeah. Just every, <laughs> everyone's absolutely shit scared to even make a, a slight noise of, of any, any sneezial noise or any Ooh, cough noise. Yeah. Anything at all. It's not even a word, is it? I don't know. I don't know. It is, just, Yeah, where people were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, absolutely, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not coughing. What are you on about? No, 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 no. It's fine. I just, I had just a little bit of a lump. I, it, it was like a swallow exhale is what I'd call it. Um, yeah, it's not coughing, not coughing at all. Um, yeah, no, 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 that's just, my nose always does that. It always has water run out of it for no reason. And it's always green. Yeah, no, no, I'm not sneezing. Honestly, I'm absolutely <laughs> fine. Oh, <laughs> I, I do you think at one point I was coughing and went, oh, I just can't seem to clear this frog in my throat. Like I had felt, I felt the need to make it vocal to people around me that I haven't got COVID. I've just got a little tickly cough, okay? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fine. I'm not going to infect anyone. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't believe I just swallowed my... I just choked on my own saliva. Jesus, what an idiot. <laughs> I can't believe my saliva went down the wrong way. Oh, <clears throat> that bloody saliva again. What's funny is it's still happening now. I think, remember, just me and Becky had a conversation about this the other day. Like, even though COVID is not gone, obviously, but let's be honest, it's pretty much gone. Like, if anyone coughs, people just go... Instantly, within a second, like, can I just cough without judgment? Any point in my life now, from today on, or they part like the red fucking sea. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh god, no, no, get away from me! He's come back a secret weapon. He's just walk up to him and go, how can I get through this queue quicker? I know. <laughs> Gone. Yes. It's like all these old ladies that's there, there with like they're they're looking at their you know their their little shopping list or something. And they're sort of right in the fucking way of what you need, and you're like, I can't get round. Or they have a little chat with Enid on the corner, and you're like, I just fucker. I'd be, I'd be, it wouldn't be hilarious, but she just went boom and just hit the floor. You're like, oh shit, whoops, <laughs> sorry, Enid. Oh, was that? Oh, was that? Okay, so, sorry, sorry, I'm intruded. I do apologize. Or whatever you fucking need it. Yeah, that's a name that needs to come back. Ermintrude. Great name. Was it a pink cow? Was she a cow in the Magic Roundabout? Yeah, she was a cow. Yes. Was she? With red spots for some reason. I know who you mean. I know the name, but I can't think what they look like. Ermintrude, I swear, is a pink cow in the Magic Roundabout. Can someone, when this episode's released, comment on the on the post? I was going to say, I'll put a picture on this video, and then either we'll look like we're geniuses with great memory, or we'll look like idiots. And One swear she's a cow. And Zebedee was just a thing with a spring and a great moustache. That is absolutely 100% correct. Yes, there's no doubt about that one. Zebedee was a legend of a spring for an arse. Yes. And Dylan <sighs> was a druggie. Dylan was a druggie completely. He was just like, yeah, man, what a... <laughs> Yeah, sure, man. Whatever. You... The roundabout's magic, totally, man. Totally magic. Yeah, I made. I mean, I made the magic. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Let's let's play some songs. I know nothing. I'm a rabbit for some reason. <laughs> Great theme tune as well. I don't remember. That didn't bring back any memories. That brought nothing back. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. It could have been done and 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 a magic roundabout for all I know. <laughs> and I would have gone, yeah, of course it's Jerry. Yeah, absolutely. Magic roundabout. <laughs> magic roundabout. <laughs> but then again, Dylan probably thought it was Batman. Probably. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's why he's got the little ears. He's put his ears in <laughs> on the on the on the 
on the cowl there. It's called the head, the hood, the the mask. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is put his little ears in. That's you know. That's why he spoke so weird to hide his two front teeth that are sticking up. I'm Batman. Everyone believes it, man. Like totally, they think I'm Batman. It's hilarious. Yeah, the roundabout totally magic, bro. Word. He just did a little. T- <laughs> That was dedication to the performance. I liked that. Oh, you got you got to stay character <laughs> all times. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Are you right? I'm good. Uh, shockingly enough, I'm absolutely fucking knackered. But other than that, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> well, didn't somebody think it was a really fucking good idea to have very little sleep on Monday to then go to a massive show to then go straight to work on nights? Well, I kind of I got what sleep. I I would have got sleep that amount of sleep regardless because of doing the school run. So that didn't make a difference, but. I just didn't feel like taking the night off work just for only a couple of hours later. I just took a couple of hours annual leave. Job done. It's all right. It's fine by me. There we I are said, then. I couldn't have gone to sleep straight away. I was fucking buzzing, so it's all good. What well, I'm watching. Later. Crazy, crazy. I've got a minute, Gene. I've got this. Crazy night. Oh. What's funny is that is very that does actually kind of come true in in a sense. Oh, amazing! I I love it. Do you know what they should have really, really right? I know we'll get you on to much later, but they should have really fucked with the audience and all come out on Zimmer frames and all come out of walking fit, like like holding their backs, like fucking. Here we go, Gene. You're gonna fucking do it again for fuck's sake. I love it too. I just need the money. I see the money. That's why I would do this. This is why it's the final, 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 final farewell. Goodbye. See you later in about a month tour. <laughs> Isn't that what they do? Dude, they will totally, they'll be back next year. Come they'll on. do the last show on December 2nd and then January 1st. They'll be like, we're back. Yeah. There's a new album coming with two songs. That's all we can manage. <laughs> we're getting old. I'm trying to defend them with this and go, no, this is definitely in. But there's that thing in the back of my head that goes, no, I don't. No, we're back. You've got, you've got, like, I, I, I don't know, man. That's just me. That's just me. But like you said, you want to talk about it later. So we'll talk about it later. <sighs> but yeah, yeah, just, just tired, like always. But how are you? How are you? How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Um, I had to go back to the dentist today and. Mm. Ah, oh, you know, it's just the most unpleasant. I had to go see the hygienist, so the experience was. I don't know if you've ever been to the hygienist. Yeah, it's not nice. It's n- no, no, it really isn't nice. And I'll admit this, and I'm so sorry to anyone listening to this. I haven't been to the dentist in 16 years, I so know, I, I, was I went. For, I went for the first time about two weeks ago, and they were like, "Damn, son." You need some work. And I was like, of course I do. It's been 16 years. Of course I do. Yeah. I, and that's, I feel like they're like mechanics sometimes, Dennis, because I've gone private because there's no NHS ones available at all anywhere in Wales. So they exist. They're just full. Yeah. So and they were like, yeah, you need this done, this done, this done, this. And I was like, fuck me. Okay. Um, there is one. I have to have surgery. So that's absolutely fantastic. That came through today, and I was like, it's how much? Oh, yeah. my fuck. So, yeah, it's great. So I'm all right, man. That was just a very unpleasant experience this morning. Like, especially <laughs> to the point where that that scraper, like, descaler, whatever the fuck it's called, was hitting my teeth so loud, I couldn't hear anything because it was so high-pitched. Ooh. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? I, I was like... 
there's, there's literally no part of the dentist experience that is nice. Like, no single solitary part of the dentist experience that is nice. I hate it. I can't get seen by mine. So. Why? Well, I went in, tried to arrange it. They went, yeah, you need this done, this done, this done, this done. I was like, I plucked up the courage because I'm fucking terrified of the dentist. I was like, no, let's do it. Let's get it sorted. Four or five times, maybe, I rang them. Left them voicemails. Everything. Never heard back. Kind of get seen. So. And I try again somewhere else. It took me ages long enough to get into that one, but I don't understand. What do you mean? Like I phoned them to like let, let's arrange this. Like when can I get an appointment to start the procedures, getting everything fixed? Never heard back from them. Oh, they weren't answering the phone. Left voicemails. They never got back to me. Nothing can never get down. <laughs> They're still there. <laughs> so fuck knows what happened there. I was like, no, soldier. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. That's weird. It took me long enough to pluck up the courage to make the phone call, and now you won't answer the fucking phone to Sodja, bastards. Oh, mate. I've got, yeah. I don't know why I'm getting to it. Sorry about this, guys. My wisdom tooth on the bottom right has come sideways and it's hitting my molar, so I can't, oh. I can't brush there. It's died. Yeah, that happened to me. When I was younger, so I was I like, mine out. So, yeah. Oh. A thousand pound later... Yeah, it's not <laughs> not fucking cheap, is it? I don't get how it costs so much. It's ridiculous. Oh my god! Yeah. No, I just said, uh, so "Can you please just knock me out? Do the whole lot in one go, and then we're good." I don't need to worry about any coming back constant for for different procedures. Just do the fucking lot in one, please. The worst bit was when she went, "Oh, Tom, I'm really sorry. I'm gonna get the hand scraper out." But now I was like, uh-huh. <laughs> oh. "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Oh, it's, it's worth it because I felt amazing afterwards. <laughs> but I was just like, thank you. And just like started rocking in the corner, like back and forth. Like, oh, of my teeth are so shiny, so shiny, so shiny. <laughs> shiny and white. The le- my least favorite part about the dentist, though, is the coding. It's like C4, something, something, X1, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're basically calling me a tramp, aren't you? And, but in dentist code. I know it. You're insulting me in dentist code. I just know it. It was really worrying is when he was when he was like, oh, I'm going to speak to my, um, I can't remember what they're called, dental nurse that's with them or whatever. And he went, so you weren't understanding this? I was like, okay. And he was like, uh, C7, full eruption. I was like, eruption? <laughs> that's a bad word to use, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? But I think it means where it's, come, where it's actually come through. So I was like, oh. oh maybe, yeah. Oh, okay. Like, that's fine then. But it's just, that's not what you want to hear. I'll give you some technical jargon. There won't be a moment, okay? <laughs> He's really fucked. Okay, completely, totally, and utterly fucked. D four. <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to punch him in the face and break all of his teeth. E six. <laughs> no, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. This is just code. This is just code, Tom. Don't worry. <laughs> I just got this image of him messing around your mouth. And you're going, "What is that, What is fucking that, man?" What do you mean? What do you mean? Shh. Go to sleep. Shh. What do you mean? <laughs> then I can sing for Kiss. <laughs> so come on there, Jamie. What have you been doing with yourself? Come on, I know you're desperate to tell the fucking world. I've, I've had a busy week, to be fair. I've um, I've been rehannering. Lots and lots of rehannering. Uh, me and the wife actually had time to have a date day this week. We uh, went, for, went and had some food. And then we went to an arcade because we finished food way before the film started. So we went. We found Ride on Hungry Hippos. It was amazing. What? 
It's an arcade game. You literally sit on the back of a hippo and it's got a giant lever and you're literally like going, trying it. Playing Hungry Hippos, Ride on Hungry Hippos is incredible. I bet it. I bet it's a gym. <laughs> it felt <laughs> like it it to <laughs> Yeah, I bet it did. I'm just about 50 rows there. Look, look at me pecs. <laughs> Only problem with that game is she won. Anyway. Um, but, and then we went to go see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, so I finally watched it. And it is wonderful. It is Really, really. Of course it is, Jamie. Really because good. you'd never say anything shit ever. No, so. I would, and I have. I've. I even came on here and said that Thor: Love and Thunder was a bag of shit. So I have. Thank you very much. But no, I really enjoy Guardians. It is really good. Really, one thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's better than none. <laughs> no, it's really. It is really, really good. It's very sentimental. James Gunn did an amazing job of that film. So if you haven't watched it. Definitely worth watching. Yeah, I'll wait for it to come on Disney Plus. I don't do cinema anymore because there's just nothing out. There's just no point. No. No. (laughs) So I'll wait for Disney Plus. I need to watch Ant Man still. Sorry, Karen. Um, Went to go see the kids. We went for a wander. Uh, Didn't really do a lot. I got stuck in Cheltenham thanks to the train strikes. So Becky had to come and rescue me. (laughs) Oh, shit, really? Yeah, I didn't really, because I I didn't really look at the train times that day. I just left the house, went to Cheltenham, and then thought, it's time to leave, walked to the train station, didn't know the train strikes were on. So I got to the train station in Cheltenham, and all the shutters were down, everything closed. I was like, shit. So I looked on the buses. No, I looked at the coaches, nothing running. I was like, fuck. So I phoned phoned Becky, I was like, "Uh, I'm kind of stuck in Cheltenham. She was like, okay, don't worry, I'll come get you. I was like, okay, sweet, okay. Joyous. Fucking trains. Please, for the love of God, sort the train services out. It's doing my nut in. It did. You know, still striking for something. I don't know what's wrong with them now. I'd say fair play to them, is all I could say. Yeah, no. That wasn't a dig at the train people. That was a dig at the fucking Tories sorted out. It's doing my head in. Um, went, for a, went to a barbecue, ran my friend Vicky Griffin's house. That was good fun. And then last night. Last night, I went to go see Skindred. I went to see Skindred. Yeah, they were really good supporting. Um, but no, they were amazing though. I haven't seen Skindred in absolutely ages, so it's good to see Skindred. A great fun. But no, it was the end of the road tour part two, I guess. To go Eight. see Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go see Kiss. I very much underarmed on here about going to this, and I'm glad I did. I am very glad I did. It was incredible. It was a great it was one of those I walked out and I was like, that was amazing. I had so much fun, loved the side. Horribly predictable set list, as it always is. Apart from a couple of ones I didn't expect. But at the same time, I was like, this was incredible, but thank fuck this is the last one. <laughs> because it's that close to just completely tarnishing an entire legacy now. It's that close to like Vince Neil levels of singing. Like, yeah. Paul's voice, bless him, he's just gone. He's like, Wah! I was like, oh, Jesus, Paul, ow, that fucking hurt my ears. And Gene's constantly getting the words wrong to songs. So I'm singing along and I was like, no, that's not right. You've, you've got that wrong, G. Let me tell you the proper words, please. I was like, he can't sing. He's getting the words wrong. I think it's time to call it quits now. So December 2nd should be, and hopefully is, their last ever show. But no, I am I really enjoyed it. I, rock and roll night started playing. I just looked at Becky and was like, I don't want this to end. I don't want this to be the last time I saw him. Eighth time seeing him. And yeah, I, just, I was a little bit sad afterwards. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The come time in a man's life <laughs> where they must understand that it's time. To, this is what this is exactly what I how I feel with all these you know legendary eighties rock bands. There comes a time where it's like you don't want 
to shit all over everything you have achieved and accomplished and done because you can't do it anymore. Exactly. But fair play to Paul. I think he's the reason they're stopping. I think he's acknowledged it. He's gone, I am struggling. So let's let's bow out. Because this tour was supposed to be done. They should have been done by now. They said, you know, that this should have been done. It's COVID the reason it didn't finish yet. This is all doing the dates they should have done during COVID. But at the same time, I get it. Because they've been doing this for 50 years this year. Imagine doing the same thing for 50 years. And then suddenly go, uh, I'm done now. I'm not going to travel the world, play music, do all these things I love. I'm just going to sit at home. Can't be easy. With all that money, I'm sure they can still do what they want to do without playing music. I get it, but it can't be easy to just give up that entire life. I do get it, but at the same time, please stop. And Vince Neil from Motley Crue, please fucking stop. Because you're my second favourite band on this planet and you never want to see them live ever again because it's just painful. Have you seen I actually got to see, I've got to see Motley Crue in 2010, so I can, I can be like, ding, thank yeah. you. Have you seen videos of them now? No, because I'm not oh, interested. <laughs> Fuck, it's painful. It's so painful. He doesn't know the words to his own songs. That's what drugs did to you, I suppose. He's like, Jesus Christ, what did you even just say? It's bad. It's bad. But yeah. It's basically, it's got Eddie Vedderism, but too late. Eddie Vedderism. I love Eddie Vedder, but Jesus Christ. What did you just say? Is basically he's given you the cure for cancer. <laughs> just have no idea. But no one knows what he's saying. <laughs> Even flow. That's that's the, the fusion they use to create the, the medicine. That, that's all I don't can understand. We're born of lying. Huh? <laughs> oh. But other than that, I haven't, I haven't really watched anything this week. I've watched one film. That's pretty much it. I've, I've watched Wayne's World because I was feeling really shitty. And I was like, I need to watch a film, that my feel-good film. So I watched Wayne's World and I felt really good. And I posted about it five times. Yes, because I fucking love that film. So I don't care what I post about it. Oh, at least it wasn't food. Who posts about food? Stop it. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what you're having for your dins. People that post about food should have to post about it after it comes out of them. <laughs> This is what this is before, this and is this is after. <laughs> this is this was Indian takeaway from Saturday night from the Golden Balti House. <laughs> I had lambuna, <laughs> <laughs> and now it's a lampoon. Anyway, <laughs> with pilau rice and some naan. <laughs> Just like, it's like they caught their own fish. Oh, anyway, what have you been up to, my friend? Uh, fuck all, Jamie, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Absolutely fuck all. Um, I went, we, me and Karis went walking on Sunday. Went walking around Cardiff and Beat Park for a good three, four hours. That was, she took me to lunch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to a place called Henry's and we were the only people in there. And I was like, awesome. The service was still slow. <laughs> like, <laughs> within a two year. Like, what, how, how have you, and what didn't make sense to me was it said, your choice of beef. So I said, hello, mate, can I have this burger? Can I have it on rare, please? Oh, we don't do that. Huh? What does your choice of beef mean, mean, mean then? Oh, we just don't do, we just don't do it. I'm, so I'm assuming the chef had no fucking clue and just wanted to put it in the microwave or something. Um, yeah, I know, right? She's like, let's go to Spoons. I'm like, no, thank you. I know how everything's made in there. I oh, yeah, of course. Thanks. 
Um, speaking of spoons, weirdly, a guy, it's a random dude that's just visited every single Weatherspoons in the country and he spent 30k doing so. Why? Who woke up one morning and went, my life's mission is to go to every single Weatherspoons in the UK and then I'll be happy? Because what are you getting that's for that? so Nothing. random. It's such, a, it's such a weird, like, do you know what I mean? Visit every football stadium. I get that. That's kind of cool. NFL saves whatever. The eight wonders of the world. No, I just want to visit Weatherspoons. That's <laughs> so weird. I want there to be a lad Bible article about me because that's pretty much oh. what's going to happen. Maybe one of the Metro. Boring. Absolutely <laughs> boring. Um, so, yeah, so we went walking, but literally other than that, like, I've been reannering more than anything else. Um, as we all know, well, no one knows. Uh, obviously, it's my, it's my birthday next week, so um, we've got I've got a family family weekend coming up and seeing friends and stuff. Um, so that'd be cool. Uh, so yeah, not, so not a lot really going on. Other than that, I've been I've been watching the barbecue showdown on Netflix. I was going to say, is that the Netflix thing? I've seen that. Oh, you need you just need it in your life. You will never ever be as hungry as you ever in your life after you've watched that. Fuck me. So they literally the way they present steak and they they season it and they play with it and they cook it and you just like I just want to eat the screen I want to eat that please when they bring out fucking tomahawk steaks I'm like oh my shit it's like massive fucking beef steak and I'm like ah get in my face um and they do like desserts and so it's just great. And there's some characters on there. It's really fucking. I can't stand reality TV, but my god, this show's amazing. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're planning. I've got. We're down to the final four on the second series now. So I really, I've been planning for that. I've been smashing it. I did series <laughs> one in one day. Um, because I loved it that much. Uh, well, something I've been watching. Um. Fucking hell, there's something else I've been watching as well. BattleBots. America's Robot Wars. Okay. Oh, Jay, it's fuck. It's so American, but fuck <laughs> me, it's inc- it's incredible. <laughs> because they just don't give a fuck. They'll there was a there was a fight I watched where the robot just got ripped apart by another robot. It literally just like came apart, and he went in for the even though it was destroyed, he still went in for the kill. And the other driver went, "No, no, please, no, no, please, no, please don't, please don't." I was like, "Jesus, this is ruthless. Don't give a shit. Fucking amazing." <laughs> Can you imagine that on Robot Wars? That'd be amazing. <laughs> no, sir, so a lot. Fucking don't do it, please. <laughs> Yeah, like, don't give a shit about you, man. I'm gonna fuck your robot up. You hear me? Fuck it up. <laughs> they literally just rip shit apart. It's unreal. It's unreal. I, it's so good. So I highly recommend. Weirdly commentated by a UFC fighter. No idea why, <laughs> but there we are. How's it going? Um, but it's great. It's really fucking cool. Um, and then me and Keris watch Resident Evil Infinite Darkness again because I love that anime. Um, it's so good. That. Oh, it's just great and there's the new movies out in july so i'm really really looking forward to that as well um i think it's the final one because all the characters have come together it's everybody's in that jill claire chris leon so like, everyone's together in one big movie so i'm like oh this is gonna be sick so i really enjoy the resident evil animations they're just great the film the, the tv series they released recently is so shit the film yeah. they released recently is so shit but the cartoons and the animes they do are phenomenal I, have to so I don't them. get it I've heard good things. They're great. They're great. 
Um, and I just I, I bought Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil Eight for the PS Five. I can't play it. What? It me up. Because <laughs> they've they've put it in first person now, so you are the character. I'm like, I can't do it. It's just oh, okay. I, I don't like first person games. I like to see the person I'm playing. Yeah, it. so do I. And I was like, how, how do I change it? And you can't. And literally, I'm walking through this forest, and you can hear it's like the noise of twigs breaking and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> Oh, imagine playing that in VR then. Oh, you can as well. Hell no! <laughs> Hell no! <laughs> I'm I'm all good, thank you. I really like my ass to not. I don't I don't like to shit everywhere. So you know, <laughs> I don't know why I was going with that originally. I was almost like I was going for a prolapse. <laughs> yeah, I'm not prolapsed to Resident Evil. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, but other than that, man, not a whole ass of a lot going on. It's been a quiet week all around. I say that I've done quite a few things. But there we are. Didn't you say you, yeah, I was going to say yeah. Uh, <laughs> didn't you say you were watching um, wrestling as well? I remember. Did you did you watch it? Yes, I've just started to watch Over the Edge. You started it, and okay. right at the beginning, it says in memory of Owen Hart, who accidentally passed away during this broadcast. Accidentally? Well, I don't suppose it was on purpose, but. Well, no, well, no, not the not the best way to word it, though. No, well, I surely just put who sat. You don't need accidentally in there. Yeah, that's what me. I thought. I was like, yeah. you don't need that in that word in there. Um, so I don't know if they just cut the match complete. I I've just started it, so I don't know if the match is in there or not. I doubt. Obviously, there's no match, so oh. I doubt. It. I I honest, I doubt it's in there, but oh, probably not. But we'll oh, see. I, I'm, but, I was wondering if they'd even reference it at all. To be honest, but okay. But for those that are listening to this, incredibly unaware, we probably should be a little less vague. Uh, very famous, one of my favourite ever wrestlers of all time, Owen Hart, had a an unfortunate accident, shall we say, at this this show, where he sadly lost his life in the middle of the ring, and it was on this pay per view that Tom's about to watch. So, ooh, how do you know what? I I never knew how it happened. Um, he was doing. Do you know like how Sting had that gimmick where he dropped from the rafters? Yes. He was doing a version of that because he wrestles as the Blue Blazer. And as he was coming down, the harness snapped. So he just went... It, it was apparently there's a whole lawsuit behind it because it wasn't tested properly or something like that. And it just wasn't safe to use. He shouldn't have used it in the first place. Yeah, it's not good. Not good at all. That's sad, that's sad man. That's so yeah. sad that, that that's the case. Yeah, it's horrible. Absolutely horrible. So uh, we're all caught up. <laughs> yeah, sure. after that jolly bit of talk, <laughs> should we? Uh, should we hear from Braden and stay cozy? Oh yes, I think we definitely should. All right, is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing, your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, t-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring the Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, The Chronicles, at checkout. Oh, boy. Got it. Got it. Stay cozy, clothing, duck cups. Use The Chronicles as your perfect <laughs> discount codes, and you'll get 10% off. All right. We love it. You talk hey, way too much. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> it's definitely time for Callum's Treachings. Oh, yeah. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. 
It's cereal soup. Ooh. So, Callum is back once again, just like the renegade master with the ill behavior, to treat the world to his wonderful random knowledge of random things that no one ever really thinks about. So, Jamie, let's kickstart this uh, little segment, shall we? What is Callum treating us this week? A movie about a mermaid that wants to be a girl has caused millions of girls to want to be a mermaid. That's <laughs> 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 so true. Yeah. How would you have that conversation? <laughs> how how do you have that? So, um, Lily, let's so you really want to be a mermaid? Yes, mummy. Okay, well. <laughs> I'll put you in the sea. Have a good life. <laughs> See you Off later. You fuck. <laughs> That'll be me. You'd be like, bye bye. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> it's such a weird thing being a parent because you have to be like, you can be anything you want to be. Can I be a mermaid? No, don't be so fucking stupid. Of course you can't. It's like <laughs> that's like a Chris. That's like a Chris D'Elia joke off his uh, Man on Fire uh, stand up, where it's like you can be everyone. No, you can't. Shit out your eyes. Go on. Shit out your eyes right now. <laughs> Go on, just shut your eyes. <laughs> exactly, you can't do it. <laughs> it's like Olivia's content. Like, my favourite animal is a unicorn. I'm like, it's not an animal. It's the fucking horse of an ice cream cone on its head. It's not an animal. It's our national it animal, it so do you want to leave it the fuck alone? It's All still right. not a real animal, okay? It's on the passport, mate. I'd get over yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Scotland's the only place you can find them just running in the water. Do you know what? Yeah, we just don't give a fuck. <laughs> just like... Yes, unicorn. All right. National so animal. Problem that part. Made up. Thing we're famous for. Made up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> You're not going to find Nessie Park. She's in my fucking back garden, eh? <laughs> I've got her all tied up. She's fucking loving life in my swimming pool right here, mate. <laughs> Every time some fucker comes and finds it, it's like, Nessie, come on. Come on, quick. Let's hide. Let's hide down here. You'll be all right. You'll be okay. <laughs> I'd love that to be true. Like Nessie is real, but like there's a long like family of people in Scotland that keep her safe and hidden from everyone. It's the Vikings. They don't resist still around. <laughs> so we don't need your fucking black and white English cows. We've got fucking ginger ones. Eh? <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> and they've got fucking horns. <laughs> Going for a minute, then I forgot all about Highland Cows. <laughs> I love it. I fucking love it. Bravo, just that was absolutely. Love. Thank you very much. <laughs> we just don't give a fuck. What's your national flower, Scotland? The fucking thistle, mate. Because if you touch it, you'll fucking get stabbed like one of years. <laughs> what a glorious country! I just, <laughs> I, 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 I'm so. I'm so I'm so proud of where I come from. Like, I really am. I don't, I don't know if you can fucking tell. I don't know if anyone can fucking tell. We might I post about it on Facebook, but um, just, I just love it. I'm just so happy to not be from England. <laughs> Cheers, mate. That's all right. You're so welcome. I just, do you know, I genuinely, this is genuinely happened. I'm so sorry, Callum. I completely destroy the treat here, but I've been told to fuck off home twice. Now, I, I don't realize how, how stupid that sounds to people. Yeah. Like we are, we are part of the UK, right? Yeah. I do realise that, yeah. I, 
<laughs> Fuck off home. Okay. Mom, I'm coming home. I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> Completely idiotic, moronic. What a stupid thing to say. Um, anyway, sorry. But, yeah. but yes, mermaids. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Faith, Faith would be love it. Faith probably still wanted to do that right now, isn't she? <laughs> Faith's like, yeah, I wanted to be a mermaid. Guess what? I fucking am. Here's my tail. Hmm. Yeah. She's been in Ibiza the whole time underwater and no one's really known. Um, <laughs> oh, but it's so true though because the amount of times you will go see a film as a kid you're like I want to do that now <laughs> yeah Power Rangers is one I might as well do that yeah. um, I always wanted to be a firefighter which obviously is a real thing um, I remember that as a kid I don't know why you so weird no I was a post and pack guy <laughs> what I was, a, I was. Fireman Sam, I'm Post and Pat Guy. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> Make me think between my professions. Do <laughs> that Welsh bollocks in my house. Thank you very much. <laughs> I was trying. I was really quick trying to think of to rival Thomas Tank Engine, but there wasn't anything, was there? No, there wasn't really, was there? No, mm. unless it's fucking. Ch- it's like Chessington now. Some bollocks. There's oh. too many now. Chuggington. I, Chuggington, even yeah. Chessington's the theme park. So. Yes. My <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Shut the recording down. That's it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> um, <sighs> but, then, but I'm so pleased. That I don't have to have those conversations. Yeah, they're not fun. <laughs> It'll be a mate. Okay. Whee! Go on, swim. You go. <laughs> anyway. Probably move yeah. on. I'll probably turn to a fucking siren and come back and kill you. Um, <laughs> I am a fucking man, my dad, and now you're gonna die. Um, <laughs> if you abandon me in the fucking river, Usk. Um, let's move on, Jake. Yes. What but... else is Callum treating us this week? Every single planet that was featured in Star Wars just happened to have the same amount of gravity. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> he's absolutely there. Aha! I've got nothing. Yeah, he's right. <laughs> well, well, well. That is a very good point, sir. That's why it's called science fiction, Callum. It's not science. God damn it. <laughs> How would you have actually portrayed that, though? Moon boots. I don't know. <laughs> like, the Orville did it quite well with, um, I've forgotten the character's name, with the gravity so heavy. Oh, uh, yeah. I can't think of a name. I know you mean that. Neither can I. It's completely gone out of my <laughs> mind. Um, she's in Grown Ups too, as the girlfriend. Because um, you know when you get a moment where you go, I know her! Why do I know her? I hate those moments in films. For everything I watch, I'm insane. IMDb. Oh, she was in there. And then you go, oh, she said this, this, isn't it? I try to the film time. Yeah, but look, look. She said this as well. And... <laughs> um, Interesting. They, they could have put people on bungees, I suppose, but how would you have hidden that in 1970? No, you couldn't really. Could you? <laughs> Make them fucking proper, like, bah, bah, the movie would have been ages. I Ice would love trying to get that, like, I'll be there soon. I'm coming, <laughs> Luke, for your saber or whatever it is you do, the droid. <laughs> I'll be there. I'm, I'm just, it's just this, this planet, it's got so little gravity. I'm fucking basically, might as well be flying. Oh, I'd really wish that was in it now because I would love to see like a low gravity lightsaber fight. Fucking fuck! I'll be back in a minute. I'm, I'm going. Bye. 
It's like like orbiting the planet. <laughs> Twenty years later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, I'll get you, twin. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, bollock. Get in the plane, fly around. Nah, nah, and just fuck off. Thank. There you go. Ended it for you. Um, I didn't think you could improve Star Wars, but you've somehow managed to do it. I'm impressed. I want to see that now. There we are. <laughs> and finally, Jamie. Finally, what is Callum treating us this week? Red eyes and photographs just quietly vanished from our lives. Fuck, I forgot all about that. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Dudes, like... I forgot all about red eyes and photographs. That's what Flash does, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. There's a memory unlocked. Like and obviously brings me back to Lee Evans again. I knew she was the devil. I knew she was the devil. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember when yeah. you used to get your photos developed and some of them came with a little sticker on as if to say, too much Flash, this photo's fucked. Do you remember those? No. Yeah, I remember it had a little, a little oval sticker in the corner. I don't know what I just made me remember that. I'd, I'd love it, right? I would... Love to see some people have to get their films developed now. Oh, the amount of dick pics that get sent. <laughs> the of like, oh, no, I mean, I'm being sick. I'd love to be fucking one hour photo right about now. Let's have a little gander then. Dick, 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 <laughs> dick, asshole. <laughs> a random plate of pizza. Like, got to do this shit photo now. I'd love it. I'd I'd be be so mental what shit gets sent now. I bet people must have seen some weird shit when developing people's photos. (laughs) Because you know that has happened. Someone's got a disposable camera. And then weirdly, you weren't allowed them. If that was the case. And you'd be like, but that's my penis. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Why does that matter? It's not somebody else's penis. It's death. Well, how do I know? All right, Karen. Well, you go. <laughs> oh, that was grim. Please never say that again. I made me feel really ill. It's got oh, I love vein. royal fucking shit, mate. So, uh, so fucking vain and everything, Karen. Never laugh at this. Oh, <laughs> Dude, please. Please. I, d- I don't know why people even do that. I don't know why... Anyone thinks that's a good idea. <laughs> I've said it before in many interviews, and I'll say it again. Yeah, it I don't know interview. why people send it, and then the girl goes, oh, my future lies with him. I I just, you know, that's what I want to sit on for the rest of my life. <laughs> your two-inch pencil cock. <laughs> oh, it's almost God. like a mixer. Nah. <laughs> 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 I can get a dildo in there with it and everything. <laughs> Where the fuck did we get here? How did we go from red eye and photographs to here? <laughs> I don't know, but that was, that was an amazing, and I think I may have already mentioned this, but there's an amazing post that former guest Jessica Durbin shared on Bodyscape Boudoir, uh, Body Boudoir, which was people like bros dressed in the same way in a photo. And it said, these are the types of guys that will rub your left lip for two minutes and say, have you come yet? <laughs> And it's really memorable. <laughs> really fucking memorable. But yeah, a dick pics never understood. Red eye, I think, went ages ago. I think yeah. because obviously the development of technology and stuff, you just don't get it anymore. I wonder if you could try and get it. 
<laughs> you probably couldn't. I was going to say, I'd probably not, I'd imagine. I wonder what changed, the cameras or the flash? Technology, I imagine. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you try and get it and then go, I've got red... Oh, no, it's pink eye. Shit, someone's fighting <laughs> my face. Fuck! Ah! <laughs> someone's fighting my face. It's the only oh, way to get it. in there. <laughs> not again, Karis, you bitch. Um, <laughs> uh, there we are. Hello, oh, I know that excruciatingly fantastic week. We always love oh. love being treated by you. It's always an absolute pleasure and honour to have you on our show when we absolutely adore and love you. So thank you, sir. It's graciously appreciated. But Jay. Yes, sir. I have to follow. You do. It's time for Tom's journal. Read to me. And welcome. To another edition of Tom's Journal. So, there's a massive uh, protest going on about God. And there's a massive sign that said, God is pro-life. And someone put, fact check. God actually killed everyone on Earth except a guy on a zoo boat. <laughs> zoo boat. So, so how <laughs> pro-life? I mean, yeah, you're very right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely wiped everybody out. Do you know what? I've had enough of all these humans. Fucking kill them all. Bar you, Noah. You can stay with you with, with your animals. There's no <laughs> women. It's just you. you. Noah. You're all right, mate. I quite like you. You can survive. Yeah. But do us a favour. Save the animals. Yeah. yeah. No one can procreate now because all the all the humans are dead. Wasn't his wife on there as well? Was she? I don't know. Probably not. Can't remember. It's all made up anyway. <laughs> There's no more a natural uncomfortable or distressing feeling that hands get back into your normal clothes when you've already got your jammies on. Oh, absolutely agreed. Absolutely agree. It's happened before and it's not a good feeling. Although I can't relate because I don't wear jammies. So I'm sure you've got your comfies. When you're chilling on an evening, you put your comfy clothes on. I wear that all day. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously I just work from home, so I don't need to ever... I suppose. Unless yeah. I go out. Yeah. I suppose that was Becky. She worked in, worked in a fucking pyjamas 90% of the time. Unless she got a meeting to go to that she put a top on because you knew when you get to the top for the webcam. So I always go for, for meetings, I always go hoodie, glasses, hat. And then when I'm not in the meetings, I just take it all off. All of it. it. Just me and my pants doing work today. I mean, all of it. <laughs> Look, James, I can't pick up my dog's prescription because I can't remember her date of birth. They won't tell me it because patient privacy. She's a fucking dog and she won't tell me it either. <laughs> What's upsetting is it wouldn't surprise me if that was true. <laughs> I bet that is, actually. I bet it is. Wouldn't it surprise I remember, me? I remember helping Vicky with her insurance for a cat and she was like, oh, what's her date of birth? I was like, I don't fucking know. She went, oh, I'll just put May. <laughs> I'll just put May first. It'll be fine. I only know the cat's birthday because of when it comes up on Facebook on this day that we got a cat. Uh, there we are. I still don't celebrate it. Wait for the thing to go away. It's a cat. Why would you celebrate it? You wouldn't, it's would you? It's... No. It's a pet. Yeah. I I... That's my fur baby. It's like people that make fucking Instagram and Facebook's for them. Why? What are you doing with your life? Like, get over yourself. Like, like I said, it's that fur baby thing that gets me. It's not a fur baby. It's a pet. Well, do you know what, James? Do you know what? I wish I was a cow. 
just eating grass in a field, no rent, no job, no stress, just no. <laughs> I was on board, I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't like grass, but I get the point. Yeah, I like this, just no. <laughs> It'd be great, wouldn't it? It'd be great. Just ah. Uh... I see what you mean there. That's it. <laughs> what was that, Kevin? Yeah, moo to you too. <laughs> so, James, in a universe, in a galaxy, in a solar system. On a planet, on a continent, in a channel, in an island, in a parish, in a neighborhood, on a street, in a house, in a room, somebody's thinking, is BMQ open today? That might have won award for the stupidest fucking journal entry ever. <laughs> oh, big shout out to Jasmine from the Noise Cartel for that one because I fucking loved it. Fuck's sake. Jamie, is there anything more cringe than the phrase partner in crime? <laughs> You're drinking pink gin, love, not robbing Santander. <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right, though. The amount of things people say, oh, it's my partner in crime. You're having a drink, mate. It's not really any crime going on here. Ladies who lunch, fuck off. Oh, Uh, Get in the bin. (laughs) What's the other one? Did it even happen if... Oh, is it like pitch throw didn't happen? Or I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Oh. I stop. Right. Hear me out here. Okay. Hear me out. This I would love to see a drunk adult spelling bee with basic words. <laughs> right. Oh my God. That needs to happen. Jamie, what words taking you out? Oh. It's going to be something really simple, isn't it? I'm probably going to tell us. Go on. I was going to say something like thorough. Well, it's it's simple, but it's a little bit complicated if you've had a few. I mean, I'd say restaurant. Oh, that's a good shout. Restaurant. Jamie, shout. words take you out when you're not even drunk. I was waiting for that, dick. Like today. Todges. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that I don't know how to spell him. It's that I don't know how to type, apparently. <laughs> Well, make sure you avioid it from now on, all right? <laughs> Mate, are you even British if you don't say someone's having a barbecue every time you smell one? <laughs> you smell someone's having a barbecue. We should have a fucking yeah. barbecue. It's been a war, hasn't it? Yeah, every time. <laughs> I bet it happens this weekend. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> Americans probably think we're mental. Probably. 
Oh, someone's on a barbecue. Well, yeah. <laughs> that what? Well, well, yeah, so I, I can smell it. Yeah, but you know, because they don't get it, do they? they don't get sarcasm. Uh, yeah, they don't get sarcasm. I suppose in America, barbecues are just how they cook most of the time. <laughs> oh, mate, barbecue showdown! I swear to God, <laughs> on a first date, her. Uh, who's your favourite literary vampire? Me, the one in Sesame Street. Her, <laughs> uh, I can assure you, he doesn't count. Me, I can assure you, he does. fucking does. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think then who my favourite literature vampire would be but... probably <laughs> Edward oh god no 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 no, no. I love I love Twilight I do no. I don't I vampire like sparkling fucking stupid films science teacher can you tell me what the difference is what, the, what is the difference between venom and poison. Me. Venom's black metal and poison's glam metal. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That's great. That was for you. I was going to say, I feel like that was designed for me. That was great. <laughs> and both great bands. Police officer. Uh, step out of the vehicle, ma'am. Me. Look, love, it's 94 degrees out there. You get in here and tell me the problem in the AC. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that should happen. That has got to have happened somewhere. In some hot climate country, that has got to have happened. (laughs) I'll give you a couple more. To be fair, if I was the officer, I'd be like, actually, yeah, it is sweltering out here. Yeah, you've got a fair point, mate. Come on. (laughs) Just go over. This this tickled me beyond belief. I know Karis will love this one. English people will take the piss out of a Welsh place name, then go back to the house in Quimford on the Wibble. Quimford on the Wibble. It was the way you shook your head as you said it, it made it so much better. Oh. <laughs> Two more, and then we'll bring in that piece. <laughs> okay. <laughs> me trying to ask somebody for a favour. Hey, could you help me with this thing? Absolutely no pressure, though. Totally okay if you can't. If you'd rather remove that car, that's absolutely cool. Are you mad at me? That sounds like someone I know. <laughs> Claire Jones. Ah. <laughs> Hi, Claire. <laughs> Hi, uh... Hi, Claire. Did you hear what Jamie just said? Nothing. I coughed. <laughs> Don't judge me. Person. A drunken mind speaks a sober heart. Me drunk as fuck. Bees churger. <laughs> Bees churger? Cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. Fucking ah, hell. Got it. <laughs> Holy That's fuck, man. That bomb is still flying. 
It's not going to even. It's not even going to fucking land. <laughs> I love the fact that you explained it, and I got it at the exact same time. <laughs> it's cheeseburger. Uh, and that was another edition of Tom's Journal. And that was a glorious edition. I enjoyed that very much. <laughs> Quinn from Thank on you, the sir. Wibble, it's really tickled me. <laughs> it's a tropical goth. Oh, that is just the best. That is the best. But I definitely think we should get, we should bring that man in that everyone's been waiting for, bringing that piece of resistance. Let's do it. Welcome to the Chronicles of Alan Hudson. Two, one. Alan Hudson is a comedy magician. That's right. He takes stand-up comedy and magic and fuses it together in an incredible live performance. He has been seen all over the world, including TV shows like Penn and Teller Fool Us and Britain's Got Talent. This man is absolutely wonderful. And yeah, this is so much fun. Alan tells us all about his story in the world of magic and all the things he's managed to accomplish, including getting his wife involved in the world of magic. And now she's doing it all on her own. And it's absolutely amazing to see. This is amazing. It is. Just don't ever tell Simon Cowell if you're a comedy magician. That's all I can say. Um, Alan, thank you so much for coming on our show, my friend. It was absolutely amazing to have you with us. Um, There are, for people watching this, there are some tricks in the interview. So enjoy those. Not full on like, you know, not sort of, he literally just goes, blah, 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 you know, because I'm explaining how, things work and how they do things there. He is also a member of the Inner Magic Circle. There's only 250 people in the world in the Inner Magic Circle. So this was a truly, really, really fun interview. We had we had a right laugh with Alan and it, it doesn't disappoint. So Alan, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit and chat to us. Jamie! Yes, sir. Any final words at all? Just a massive thank you to this week's guest. Alan, you were absolutely amazing. Everyone, go check out Alan and go watch what he did on Britain's Got Talent and Penn and Teller because we're going to talk all about it in this interview. So if you want to see it so we know what the hell we're going on about, go look at it on YouTube before you watch this interview. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week... He fooled Penn and Teller. It's Alan Hudson. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you a guest unlike anyone we have ever had on the show before because this week's guest is from the world of magic. He's one of the top magicians here in the UK and a member of the Magic Circle. He's performed all over the world on stage and even online. He's been on hit TV shows such as Next Great Magician, Britain's Got Talent, Penn and Teller Fallers, and even worked with the greatest magician of all time, Sooty. He's the only one out of the three of us that can say Willow from Buffy has wrapped them up in cling film. Join us as we bring you the chronicles of Alan Hudson. Uh, that, that was good. When, when you got to Willow, where, where's this bit going? He's the only one that can say Will. I went, what, what, what's, what's happening there? <laughs> you could have also done, on, on, say I've been doing things. I don't know. It's no, the bit say, we didn't say <laughs> Okay, good, good, good. Oh, good interaction. Yeah, thanks so much. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
I, mean, I suppose we should get to the real hard hitting stuff straight from, straight from the off. I mean, how have the last few years been for you with the pandemic and everything? Like, have you still been working that sort of thing, or what? How have the last few years been? Yeah, re- really odd. Like, so like most magicians, like you know, well, I, you know, comedians, everybody in shows, right? It just fell to pieces, right? And so what I did is I I did what everybody else did and just drank for a month, uh, which was <laughs> brilliant, obviously, absolutely amazing. And then uh, I got asked to do an online magic show. Uh, and uh, quite rightly, at the time, I said, don't be ridiculous. That's a terrible idea. Uh, it'll never work. Right? What, why would you even consider such a thing? And then I got asked again, and I got asked again. And there was one other guy that did it before me. And I was, like, just passing them on to him. I said, oh, this guy started doing them, you know. And then eventually it got to a point where so I went, why, why don't I give it a go? I'm, I'm literally not doing anything else. I'm walking for one hour a day, and I'm drinking. That is literally all I was doing, right? So I thought, well, maybe it'd be quite good fun to like put a like, magic show together. And then I did one of those weekly quizzes, you know, that everybody was doing in April 2020, uh, and when it was fun. And then uh, in the interval, I said to, like, there was like about 30 people on this quiz, and I said to the guy that was hosting it, I said, can I just do like a, like, in between one rounds, can I do a magic trick just to sort of test it? And I thought, it'll be, it'll be, Terrible, right? it'll be shit. But it'll, you know, I'll do it. And I did it. It got such an amazing reaction. I couldn't believe it. Because I thought, how do you do magic online? You know, how do you do it over a Zoom call like this? And people don't know it's camera tricks or sort of how dodgy, you know, something's going on, right? But it didn't. They, they just completely went for it. And, like, it, it's just, yeah, amazing. I mean, and then, so from there, I put together a half an hour show. I did the first one. From that, I got like three other bookings. From that, got three other bookings from each of them, three bookings. And then within a month, I, I was doing like 100 gigs. And then since then, I've done about 2,000 gigs online. <laughs> and I can honestly say, it's like the best thing that's ever happened to me. So all I'm saying is roll, roll on lockdown four. <laughs> uh. Are you still getting to do them now? Obviously, the world's opening. <laughs> people still booking them yeah. now. Yeah. I am because what what is crazy, right? Is like not only it, so it set off at like birthday parties and lockdown things and and like weddings that were going to happen or events that were going to happen, and then they said, "Oh, we're going to do it online, so we'll we'll get some like Alan in to come entertain us." But now, what's happening is, especially in America and stuff, all their all their like like companies, they they all work all over the place anyway, so they're not together. So what happens is they all have meetings online all the time. And because of all this new entertainment that came about, because of the lockdown, they're booking that entertainment. So let's say it's like Google, for instance, who now book me, which is weird. Google, Netflix, Twitter, Facebook, Meta, you know, all those people now book me, which is like crazy. And uh, and they have like little t- mini teams within that. Um, and then, so on a Friday afternoon, maybe, they'll say, right, we're having our monthly meet where we meet up for an hour to connect with each other online and f- have a face-to-face. And they might book like a wine tasting one week and then me like another week and then maybe like a, some sort of pop quiz or something fun another time. But I'm one of those things now that people get in uh, to, yeah, to entertain. So, yeah, amazing. I've done like two this week already. I've got like two or three next week. It's, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I, love the, I, I love the idea of like when it first started, uh, people just uh, like, you had, like, you know, it's like, oh, this is going to work. And it's like a hand just appearing. Like, oh, no, wait, hang on. It's, yeah, because you can't have the depth yeah. to the screen. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, because there is a thing I have to sort of make sure I have to kind of go, hey, look, the deck's in the middle of the screen the whole time. It's not going to leave there. <laughs> you know, and if, I won't do the thing now because, uh, but, you know, you have to, like think of a card and I hold it there and then turn it around. And, you know, once you do that, if you'd have thought the it's a heart sent, you know that's for real. You know that's not a CGI, yeah. right? So you can yeah. see that's real. So as long as I prove it's all legit and above board and real and exactly how you'd be seeing it in real life, that's, that's yeah, the main thing. And then also I do a thing where I can get other people to, like, cut their cards. You know, I say someone else cut their cards, and they'll, they'll cut their cards, and I can tell them what card they've cut to. And then they can, you know, say, so well, look, you've cut to the ace hearts again, and then they show it and it and it is right and, and stuff like that so the, there's really good things where the magic can happen in their house as well which is really odd yeah so cool so they, they go like yeah I, like i speak to comedians now and they go because like, I'm, I'm on the comedy circuit as well like i do sort of magic and comedy on the on the comedy scene i speak to comedians and they go ah oh, i hate them zoom kings oh, i did about 10 of them i hate them and I, I go i loved it <laughs> <laughs> I, I I absolutely loved it. It's like the best thing that could ever happen to me. So, it's uh, my yeah. bread and butter. I earn a fortune and yeah. I don't leave the house. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this whole this whole room this whole room is now a Zoom room. This is like right. The whole thing has become like yeah, like a studio setup. So you can you know every, everything is all sort of involved in the act and stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. That's amazing. I love it. But. Mr. Hudson, take us back to the start for you. What did young Master Hudson wish to be when he was growing up? Has it always been like magic and performance for you? Or was it, I don't know, train driver at some point? Always wanted to be a Zoom magician. That's what I wanted to be. Even when I was five, I thought, one day I'm going to be a Zoom magician. But I don't know what Zoom is, but I'm going to... I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 I always wanted to be a magician. Like, that was like... like Honestly, one of my first memories. So, on my fifth birthday party, I had a magician, and I think like a lot of people did, right? I don't. Did you guys have one? Like when I, you were, or you, said, you age, probably went one. to one, yeah. right? Did you, Tom? Did you have a magician? I, or I don't think I ever had one myself, but I think I remember going to a few where there were some because I did a lot of REF bases, so I think they put on a lot of that sort of thing. Right? Yeah. So either you had one yourself, or you went to one, and those kids magicians, and they often have like. You know, a magic wand, and you would hold it, and it would fall to bits, or you know, and all that sort of thing. Right? But but the one I had was was mental. Right? He was absolutely mental because in in my front room, he produced all these chicken. Now, sometimes they might produce a rabbit, right? That's yeah, and that's a good one. You go, oh, it's produced a rabbit. This one produced like like um, uh, chickens, ducks, geese. And they're all running around. Imagine like about twenty-five-year-olds and this magician, and all these like <laughs> chickens running around the front room. And my mom had no idea this was going to happen. Like, he, he, she just booked a magician, right? Uh, uh, Ten pounds, um, and uh, <laughs> came with all stuff. And then, and I thought this was crazy. And then he put my auntie in a big box, and he, he did the sign and heart trick with her in front of five-year-olds, right? <laughs> So I, I started crying because he just <laughs> killed my auntie with a big with a big saw, right? But then he put her back together again and she was alive again. I went, Well that's brilliant. That's good. <laughs> and then then he showed an empty pan, and this is like the big finish. He showed an empty pan and he asked me to go outside and get some sawdust from outside. And so I got some sawdust, put it in, and then he put the top on it and I had to wave the magic wand 
felt it, but you know, it didn't really matter. Uh, and then he, uh, he lifted up a pan like this, and there was a big birthday cake in it for me. Bearing in mind, my mum had already paid, and this was years ago, but she'd already paid him £10. He must have spent like at least two quid on a cake. Uh, it was not, not a lot of profit in that. <laughs> but I, I thought that is, that is magic, right? Because I've just magicked up a birthday cake. Imagine I could just do magic and I could do that any time I wanted. Magic cook cake, which is a dream when you're five. Like that's <laughs> obviously, that, you can't think of anything better than that. Not a million pounds, just go, imagine I can get cake. Whenever <laughs> when, I when, want. Whenever I want, right? And so I started doing magic straight away. So that was it. I was like, getting the Paul Daniels magic sets. I was like going to the library, getting magic books. Obviously, you know, I was terrible then, but. <laughs> Um, but you know, you get better eventually. And then I, I'm, I'm in a weird position. I, I'm like, I've never wanted to do anything else than this. Never wanted to be, yeah, an astronaut or train driver or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I've just always wanted to do it. It's nuts. I can imagine as a five year old though, you're like, Mom, can I have a saw, please? Can I have a saw and a box. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, need, I need a big box. <laughs> Are there any family members you're not that keen on? I could practice. <laughs> <laughs> But like, it takes like some serious concentration and persistence to obviously do what you do. Because I mean, I think I tried it for all of five minutes and was like, "Yeah, I can't be asked anymore." <laughs> yeah, yeah. M- most people do that. I'll, I'll tell what most people do. They get a magic box and they do like some of the really simple bits, and they go, "Oh, look, that kind of works itself." Like, you go and you show someone, you go, "Oh." Oh, and he's gone, right? And the little ball's gone, or you put a card in a little box and you go like that, you know, you open it up and the card's gone or something. Uh, and that's good. But anything that requires anything more than that, I think as a kid, you get really frustrated and you start to lose the bits, don't you? Because you're just not interested. Where mine was in a was in pristine condition. Like mine was, I was like obsessed, but like Lego bits would be all over the outside. I didn't know where they were, you know, or, or other stuff. But the magic box was nobody could touch it, nobody could go near it. That had to go underneath my bed. That was that was special for me. So yeah, so I, I sort of did it very early on. And then also, um when when I got to like so in, as a teenager, so that that stage where I thought it might impress girls and then realised that it don't matter how good you are at car tricks, they're always gonna go for the football. Right. Yeah. Uh, when I go, when I got to that age, like I started like spend so much time on it that I was I was in deep then. That was it. As soon as you go past that threshold of spending so much time on something and knowing, seeing how much better you could get at something, like I I was in I was in I was in it forever. I I knew there was there was no way out at that stage, so I might as well just go full tilt and try and do it. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. I mean, my dad did the the thumb trick. You know, just let your thumbs come off. And I was always like, let me hold it then, let me hold it. He's like, no, 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 no. If you can't, you can't hold this. Because I just reattached that. There we go. There you go. Hey. It's a good trick. It's a good trick. I still, I still do with the uh, thumb trick for nephews and nieces. There you go. I'll be honest, I still to this day can't work out how the hell people do that. I'm sorry. I've never been able to work it out. Really? Really? Oh, Jamie. <laughs> Sheltered. Sheltered. Bless you, my friend. <laughs> Obviously, you've just said the way your love of magic came from, but you're not just a magician. As you said, you do comedy magic. Where did that love of performance come from? Were you like a, a dramatic kid? Like, or was there people in your family from the world of entertainment? Or was it just who you are? 
Yeah, no, no, my family are very unsure business. Like, they, they couldn't be further away, you know, like you know, builders and, you know, and all that sort of stuff. So, like, yeah, I don't know really. I, I think it's, I think I tried all the different styles when I was a kid. So, I think I tried all the, like, at one point I had a dicky bow tie and I was producing doves, like, with handkerchiefs with classical music. And because I'd seen somebody do it on the telly, like a Las Vegas act, I thought, he looks cool af right he is he's the guy that i want to be right and of course it's not quite not quite the same like 15 year old kid on the hall like sort of i've quite got that swagger the sophistication so that's a little bit that's a bit ridiculous you know baggy suit of my dad's you know and, like, uh, and then and then i tried doing like serious like, mind reading stuff and then like another bit and then as you get a bit older you kind of you kind of realize you go Oh, the thing, the thing when people really connect, and I think probably I started showing like my mates at sixth form and stuff like that, and then sort of going, oh yeah, here's a trick. And then that would really connect with them somehow more than maybe the other things I was doing. And then you kind of, oh, I think what happened, I think what happens is people just prefer it when you've been you doing the magic rather than trying to mm. put on a character or put on something else. And then I would have this guilt as well because I, Let's say the thumb trick, right? Like, like Jamie, I don't want to spoil this point. No, do you know what? I'm going to spoil it for you. Right. Uh, it's about time I, 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 I think I'm old enough. I don't, I, 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 think, I don't <laughs> normally give away any secrets, right? But I think even the magic circle will allow me to give away the thumb trick, right? So the thumb trick, uh, and I'm going to try and describe this on a podcast um, with, without... Is it... This is podcast as well, not just visual, right? It's visual and yeah, podcast, it's yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It's both, right. So for listeners, I would suggest go to YouTube for this. It's quite <laughs> difficult to. Um, so what you do is you have to sort of fold one thumb in half and you put your other thumb out and then you put them together uh, to make it look like one thumb, but you can see a join in the middle. So then what you have to do with one hand is cover up the middle join so it still looks like you've got the same thumb like this. Right, and then it looks like you can separate the thumb, but then you can do a bit where you very quickly do this, and your thumb's still attached, right? Ta-da. And that's, that's good. And what? Why did I start talking about that? What, what was the question before? <laughs> what did you ask, Jane? I can't remember where where performance came oh, from. The love of performance. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it, yeah, that's it, right. So doing, doing the comedy and stuff like that with it. So what would happen is, let's say I did that trick. I would feel, and if, like, let's say that was a really good trick, right? But let's say I, I did it, and people would go, what, that's crazy. I, I'd feel a bit of guilt on that, because I knew I'd just folded my thumbs up, right? So I, I feel a bit of guilt about it. So what, then what happened is, I thought, if I, if I make a joke about it afterwards, yeah, so let's say I do like a really difficult card thing. Like, like so I'm gonna spin a card out now and uh, something like this. Oh. Spin a card out and it's the uh, the Jack of Spades. And I go, was that your card? No, what was it? The Queen of Diamonds. And it turned into the Queen of Diamonds uh, like this. Uh, and I, I, I would then people would be amazed, but I'd have to say something like, oh, I spent a lot of time on my own. Right. And try and sort of undercut it or something like that, just because I feel a bit guilty that I know the secret. So then, if you say something funny, people don't just think you are you're taking yourself too seriously. 
and then, then that sort of developed. So yeah, then now almost everything I do is with comedy. So it just, yeah, just <laughs> out of the fact it. it came from the fact you felt guilty knowing how to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Where, where some magicians they do a trick and they think they're absolutely brilliant. Like, yeah, I'm great, and you can see it in the face. Like they'll they'll do a trick like this, right? So they'll they'll take a playing card and they'll go, "Was that not your card? Take this." <laughs> and you go, you're not great. You know you did that, right? You're not a wizard. Right? You're not a <laughs> you're not a real wizard. You you practice that. You spend hours practicing that in your bedroom. So don't don't, don't tell me that you you are really magic, right? You so and, and I'll tell you, I think Penn and Teller are really good at this. I think they're really good at like not patronizing the audience. Like, they're, they're really smart, aren't they? Yeah, so mm. they'll they'll do tricks, but say to the audience like, "This is you might think it's done like this, or this is how it's done, or whatever." But then there's like a trick at the end of it. But they don't patronize the audience into. They never say they're real magicians. They just say, "Look, do tricks." Yeah, and there's a method to this trick, and hopefully, we'll see what the method is. But here's a method that it isn't. Or you might think it's a bit of string, but it's not. Right? And then you go, is it a bit of string? <laughs> There's a great one, actually, where they do say, there's a floating ball, and they go, this is all done with a bit of string. Right? And you go, right. And then you watch it, and you go, well, it can't be. It can't be a bit of string. But the, it's so brilliant, because they told you how it's done. And then you convince yourself it's not done like that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That, that's, that's really good, isn't it? That's, I think that's excellent. They're lying to us. Yeah. No, I refuse to yeah. believe it. Yeah, you go, no, I think it's real magic, actually. So I feel lying. I think it's real magic. But, yeah. It just shoots electric out of his hands, like, oh my God, what the hell did that come from? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's I think it's a hell of a talent to be able to do magic and comedy in one routine. I mean, again, I go back to the persistence and, you know, the concentration in magic, but then you've got to, because I imagine you you make a routine up, like you said, you, you do a joke here and there, whatever else, but like to actually remember the routine and how to do the tricks at the same time, like like a jack of all trades. Master of none. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's never a compliment, is it? When somebody says, master of all trades. No, that's, that, that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Uh, I, I so jack of all trades, not master of all trades. No, 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 but no. It is, it is both, and it is, it is difficult. And and often on the comedy circuit, especially, I think either people, comedy magicians, are either that funny or that good at magic. So that's often what happens is that they they usually sort of pretty bad at both, because what happens is they're using the the comedy magic as a sort of crutch, and then because they're doing comedy magic, it's all a bit naff. And the jokes aren't that good to go with it. Mm. Um, you know, that's what normally happens. But yeah, and I think people think of like Tommy Cooper or something like that, don't they, when they think of common magic? They kind of go, oh yeah, the tricks are a bit stupid. And, well, he was actually pretty funny. Um, so, I mean, pretty funny. <laughs> it's like hilarious, wasn't it? He was actually, um, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was right. It was pretty funny. Uh, no, no, I'll answer, but do you know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty funny, uh, Cooper. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, but yeah, but yeah, a lot of them are sort of bad, bad at birth. I, I, one thing I really try to do is make, make the magic strong, like really strong tricks, and then the comedy really funny to go with it, and and that is hard. And one thing that's really difficult is to not tread over 
one bit with the other bit. So, you know, so if I do change a card and then do a gag at the end of it, I can't do that at the same time. I have to kind of let that amazement sink in a little bit first. And then I can do a funny bit. Because th this is like getting technical now, but you can't be you can't have two emotions going on at the same time successfully. So you can't laugh and be amazed at, at the exact same time mm. because your brain doesn't know how to react with that. You know, it doesn't know how to process it. So you can be, you know, you can do a trick. You can go oh, and do a trick and be amazed. And then I can wait a couple of beats and then do a funny line about it. And then you can go, oh, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> but you can't, you can't do that at the same time. So you can't, you can't, does that make sense? You, you can't do this yeah, on yeah. magic trick and do a joke at the same point. Otherwise, people don't know how to react to it. So, yeah, the, the skill is trying to balance it all out to to do the funny bits when that's relevant and then sometimes just stop and sometimes let that magic take place. So, um, otherwise, it's not amazing. You know, if you, if, you, if you tread all over it with jokes, it's not amazing and people don't know whether to be amazed or just laugh anyway. And, yeah. I wonder what that sort of emotion would look like. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit of a weird, yeah, like yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, but you're also married to a magician. I know she wasn't a magician previous, uh, but obviously, I yes. imagine you, know, you basically. I, I take it she asked how to do things. Like, I watched um, her pen and tennis skit, and she talked about how. Um, my brain's gone. Shit. Uh, come on. Oh, she did. She helped you set up and that sort of thing. Sorry, I took a second. Um, and then obviously wanted to know how things are done. So li living together, especially over lockdown, must have been interesting. Like trying trying things out on each other and that sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's what happened to. She she basically started setting up my. She started coming to my gigs and then I said said. Oh look! Can you set this trick up for me? And I went, well, I'll show you what it's done. Right, you do this and you do this. And uh, she went, oh yeah, right, fine. And then, then it got to a point where she was just like, she would just do it automatically. I didn't even have to ask her anymore. She said, oh, I'll set all this stuff up for you. I went, oh, that's good. And then, um, then she started going, oh, I've, I found a way of doing this trick. So you know, you do it like this. I thought if you do it like this, it could be quite good. And I go, yeah, <laughs> it could be, yeah, it could be quite good. Yeah, what, what, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then and this is over like a sort of year or two and then it's like oh have you ever thought about doing it this way you know and, and doing that and then eventually she, she said oh she started picking up some tricks that she could just show family and friends because she they all knew she was going out with this magician and they'd always say oh have you learned any tricks yet and she said oh I just want to be able to surprise them you know sometime and just go oh yeah I can do this and then do something amazing and she picked it up really quickly right she was really good at it some of the stuff like some of the stuff that actually taught me longer to learn Again, quite annoyingly, took her. She she bit sort of down in in a couple of weeks. At something that took me months. That's annoying. And then and then um, yeah, and then she started just yeah. It was a sort of natural thing, really. I, I was doing it, and then she started down going doing gigs as well. And then in lockdown, she was doing Zoom shows as well. So uh, yeah, so she she got onto the sort of uh, Zoom. Uh, thing I, I was doing it and also we'd, we'd sort of help each other out with technical things because there's music and other stuff going on just setting things up uh, especially if you're doing like 10 shows in a day sometimes you would do a show you just want to leave the room for a bit 
and then at least you'd be able to come in and set all the cards up and you know all the different bits of things mm. I've got going on. So uh, yeah, like that. And then and then now for the first time we're doing a show together, uh, the Edinburgh Friends this year, and uh, which is called uh, Married at Fair Slight. Nice. <laughs> Nice. Like nice. sleight of hand. See what we did there. Very and, uh, yeah, She explored that, actually. She's happy with that. Um, <laughs> and uh, the the double act called Hudson and Hudson, um, which which I quite like, because I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a double act where they've had the same surname. <laughs> no. You know, no. It's sort of like Morecambe and Wise and, and stuff like that, um, but never like the same one, like, you know, French and Saunders or whatever, but never like you know, Smith and Smith, <laughs> or, you know, so, so we, we just thought it was funny idea to call ourselves Hudson and Hudson, uh, yeah, rather than Alan and Cat or something. Uh, yeah, so we're now at the Edinburgh Festival this year, so, uh, so that's going to be fun. So we started working together, doing a double for the first time, so, uh, yeah, see what happens. And on the poster, it does, and this is genuine, it says, this will either lead to fame and fortune or divorce. And uh, <laughs> ne- never has a true word been said. <laughs> Uh, it's just now, now we're still rehearsing. I've come to realise that. Yeah, uh, I could, I could only imagine living with a magician must be a nightmare. So two of it's like, where's the car keys? Ta-da! Like, shit like that, you all fucking day. Like, well, I do it. I do it to her. She never does it to me. So she, because uh, she, yeah, so she had it first with me. Right. So before she sort of learned the tricks, I would. You think you know things like you know uh, again it's a visual thing. I'd sort of take a take a coin or something. I go, oh, do you want the uh, thing? There you go. Just uh, t- I go, whoa, 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 it's gone. <laughs> right. I go, oh, it's back. Uh, and all this, and, uh, and then so she would get annoyed with it, and then uh, but I found it funny how annoyed she got. Uh, but then when she managed to sort of learn all the things, she did it a couple of times, but then she doesn't really do tricks on because she, she remembers how annoying it is. Um, but yeah, the, the one thing I do do is in the middle of box sets, so we'll be watching Succession, right? And uh, halfway through, I'll think of something, I'll go, I'll pause it, i go, well, what does this look like? And then I'll take a pen or something and go, <laughs> and sort of make the pen disappear or something like that and bring it, and bring it back again. Go, does that look good? Does that, does that look good? I just thought that. Does that, does that look good? And um, they go, uh, yeah, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah, can we carry on watching this now? Because I go, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I can be the annoying one, I think. Um, how do you even come up with your ideas for uh, for your performances? Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get on we'll, we'll get on to the pen and teller part, but like, how do you come up with ideas like that? I mean, that's insane. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's really hard actually. It's it's like comedians, like going, how do you think of your routines? And you go, just something someday. I think just, I think it's always on your mind. I think that's one thing. So I'm always sort of I, my brain is open to it. To go, how do I, you know, what's a new trick I can come up with? And so, well, at, at the moment, the process is this. So because we've got this new Edinburgh show, we're saying married at first sight. What we're doing at the moment is we're going, what are all... Because we don't just want to do a magic show where it's like, I do a trick and, and then she does a trick and then I do a trick. Well, it's a very, very much a double act. And also, we think we've got this unique thing where we're married and both kind of funny magicians. So maybe it's something to do with the fact that, that we live together and 
So maybe it's things that we might have done at home or something like that. So you go, right, what's the thing that we might do at home? Like, what's, you know, like, um, make the tea, make, you know, put a duvet on, like, you know, eat, you know, like, have a drink of wine, like, watch TV, I don't know, just things like that. And you go, right, what's, or what's something that we've done in the past? Uh, or what, what little games that we play? Um, and then try and sort of come up with, with tricks like that. So, yeah, like that, that's the thing that we're doing at the moment. We just sort of bra- brainstorm and go, what, what are things that we, we could do? Like, what, what are things that we do already at home? Like, let's so say one of is playing this game, right? So we, we play a sort of stupid game where you go, um, um, which, which one of us do you reckon um, would? And then you ask a question. And then we sort of say, no, that's more like me, more like you. And go, I wonder if that could be a trick somehow. Right. And then, so we're just forming, this is on my mind, we're just forming this one today. So, um, to go, right, how could that be a trick? And I go, maybe we get a couple up and we ask them a question, like, who'd be more likely to leave a bigger tip at a restaurant or something? And then Cat predicts the answers that, that they're going to come up with. So maybe they say me and they say me. Because maybe a couple will both think that they're the best zipper, or the other way around, <laughs> and then Cat will have predicted that it's going to be that way around. That mm. that he would say that and she would say that. So like a sort of Mister and Mrs type game with a magic yeah. element. Yeah, like that sort of thing. And you go, oh, that's something we're sort of thinking about today. Um, so that and that may or may not be in the Edinburgh show. It may or may not make the cut. But that's one. That's one way they're doing it at the moment. Just kind of thinking what we do already and how can we make that into a trick. Uh, not, not that I ever wrapped myself up in cling film before I came up with the cling film <laughs> trick, but for Penn and Teller, that was <laughs> that was a different thing. Yeah, I mean that was incredible to be fair. But like, I, I'm I was going off on the fact that obviously magic has evolved so much since the days of rabbit out of the hat, you know, and like, oh, this, they've got this on my sleeve. That's a dove. Um, that's you know now obviously so much has been done it's like what what could you do next that people haven't seen yet to be amazed by yeah and it's tough because you know the internet it's all out there right so mm. you know it anything magically now is it's quite hard to to do that so i think one thing that i've got is i can i can make it funny so therefore it it doesn't have to be bigger and better than everything else as long as it's funny and, and entertaining you know it can still be a card trick where you pick a card and I tell you what the card is. But if that's done in a slightly different way and it's still amusing and funny and it's got a, a relevance to it, that can still be good. So it doesn't have to be that you get a card picked and then it's, you know, projected onto the Eiffel Tower or something, you know, <laughs> where it's like bigger and better than whatever anybody else has done before. It's, or the moon is in the shape of it, you know, or something like you go, <laughs> if I have a heart, I've done that. Look up. Um, which would be good trick, to be fair. Right, that'd be great, yeah. But, you know, um, yeah, sometimes it doesn't have to be bigger and better than anything else that's gone before it. It can just be a, a good trick as, as long as it's like relevant. But yeah, magicians have come away since the, the, the rabbits and top hats. But the reason that came about is because at the time, gents were wearing top hat so mm. you know now so because you know, that's why you know, at the time that's what they're wearing so now you know so tom if you took your cap off and you know produce like a you know was it a panda on it is it 
It is. It's a drip. It's called a drip panda. It's a stay cozy okay. um, hat. So, right. So, but if you took your hat off and pulled a panda out of it, that's <laughs> 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 right. that'd, be, oh, that'd be cool. Right? That'd be that'd be a slow, yeah. that'd be the trick. So, but it's the same as a rabbit from the hat. But it's just you know uh, that was still modern. But it's just using new things. Um, yeah, so as long as you don't, like, it used to be the sort of silk handkerchiefs. But again, all the gents would would have silk handkerchiefs, wouldn't they, in the top pockets mm. and stuff like that. So it was all, and what happened is magicians didn't really catch up until about until about 20 years ago. I think even in the 80s and 90s, they were still dressed like 100 years ago. And then it was people that did, it was, it was really bad. You know? and, and then, um, you know, you, you, go to, you go to Vegas still, like in in the two thousands, and they're still dressing like they're in the seventies, and all the music was, you know, sort of seventies or eighties, sort of ballad, you know, a bit of that sort of you know, the final countdown sort of thing, and all that sort of you know business. Um, but now they've caught up. You know, people like David Blaine just goes on t shirt, jeans, does no fanfare. He just goes in a big glass of water and like holds his breath for ten minutes, and it's amazing. It's so brilliant, and it's not glitz or glamour, and it's taken all that away, and it just does this incredible show. So, yeah, it, like I think musicians are caught up to it, really. Yeah, I mean, all they sit, he sits in a glass box above the Thames and doesn't eat, or and, and they made an actual channel for it. Where you could just watch it twenty four seven. Yeah, not not his best one that one was it? Because <laughs> what 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 he did what he didn't think about was the British public. So that was uh, that. That was his big mistake. That he thought about everything else. Honestly, he must have been training for like like months and months and months. And thought I, I thought of every single detail of this. The one thing he didn't know was he was yeah it, yeah we're, we're a bit different to Americans. So uh, like everyone, everyone was like, fly, do you remember everyone was like flying up like hamburgers outside of it and like flying past the box and stuff like that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> God, I forgot all about that. Jesus. <laughs> what on earth went through his mind when he decided to do that? I'd love to know, because that just doesn't sound like a good time. <laughs> yeah, and, but, he, but he's been good at crossing the lines. Like, you so see, he, he, he sort of blurs these lines between... In fact, his show was called Real or Magic. And so what he's really good at is blurring this sort of thing, going... And I even I don't know. I, I know how most magicians do their tricks, right? So you, you see a trick... Like, like the pen and teller thing they will know how most of them are done. And every now and again, there's a bit that fools them. And you go, oh, how did you do that? Didn't, didn't see that coming off. Oh, I thought it was going to be this, but it's not that. Um, with, with David Blaine, he's got this strange thing where I don't even know if what he's doing is, is, is real or magic a lot of the time. I can't work it out. I think a lot of it is a trick, but I can't work the trick out because now the tricks are done. And I think, well, the only way it can be doing that is real. So <laughs> even I, I, you know, I go, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I love that. That must like, be that must be quite nice though to be able to be to be tricked yourself. You're like, I know all this and I can't work out how he did that. I'm still a fan. It, like <laughs> Yeah, it is because because if I see another magician and they just do a trick and they just, you know, go there, here's a playing card, right? And uh take a playing card turns into another playing card and they just do that, I go, oh, so what? I've seen that a million times, and I, and I know it's done. I, I don't care. But if, if somebody does it in a, either a really entertaining way or has got like a really new good premise on it or do there's a spin on it somehow, 
I can still be entertained by a simple trick. So that's fine. But what someone like Dave Blaine does is take, the, yeah, the, those, those tricks and not only makes it sort of entertaining and weird and stuff like that, but also I don't know how it's done. So, yeah, with, with most tricks, I do know how they're done. And I'll only enjoy it if it's got like a new presentation or something like that. But mm. but Blaine Blaine's like in a in a different league really. He's um it's quite a little bit underrated, I think. Like I don't think I don't think the public appreciate how brilliant he is. Uh but yeah, he's like he's one of the best really. So as we said in the intro, we alluded to a few times now, you've appeared on TV a fair few times in your career. You got a successful virtual magic show, but how did you get your foot in the door, so to speak, to get your name out there to get these opportunities? So one, I moved to London. Uh, that was that was one thing because you mentioned earlier in your introduction about Sutty, right? So um, so I was on the Sutty uh, the Sutty show when I was younger because I met Richard Cadell, who took over Sutty. For, uh, when there was started off with Harry Corbett, went into Matthew Corbett, and then Richard Cadell was like the next in line, right? Um, so I don't know if Matthew had any kids, but if they did, they didn't want to do it. But but anyway, they, they hired Richard, and Richard is a magician, he's an illusionist. So I knew him from the magic world, and then he took him to Sutty, and we went, Oh, this is great, we know the guy that does Sutty on TV now, which is so funny, like that we know. And then we was at a thing one day, a magic convention, because it's like magic meetups. And then he said, uh, I, was, I was talking about Sutty for ages, going, oh, God, it's so brilliant what you're doing. It's amazing. And then he went, do you want to be on it? I went, what, what do you mean do I want to be on it? Because <laughs> of course I want to be on it. That's the... <laughs> like, yeah. And he went, why don't you come down? And it was really good. Like, so our attack, we're doing um, in the studio next door, Neil Buchanan, our attack. Uh, they were they were doing their kids show and Sutty was doing uh, their show in, in their room, and um, yeah, so I had a peep in at the Art Attack studio, massive kids TV show at the time. Walked into the Sutty thing, the stuff I saw on the, in the Sutty thing was absolutely destroyed me. Um, so I don't I don't know if this is giving away any secrets. Uh, if you want to, if you, I don't know if you want to hear this or not, but oh, I, I, I went in, oh. I went in. There was a trestle table with about 20 sooties on them, 20 sweeps. Like, some of them had the legs off, some of them were decapitated, some of them were, because of course they used them for all the different things. Some of them were just like legs. So sometimes <laughs> you just see like a leg running shot, don't you, right? <laughs> and so of course they just need some legs. I always thought there was just one sooty, one sweep. And, and, why, wouldn't, why wouldn't you think that? Because you only ever see one. But then you think about the TV show, sometimes weird things happen to the puppets. Like, you know, they get drenched, they, you know, whatever. They can't, they, they can't just blow, dry it out and wait for the next one. They have the filming, they're on a tight schedule, they get the, just get another one, don't they? I, oh. Anyway, so that, that was the first thing. I went in and went, what? It's like a horror show. It was like a, it was like, it was like a puppet horror show. Honestly, this team was like, oh my. God, I can't believe this. Uh, <laughs> there, there is a main one that Richard uses all the time. Like, there's like one that he uses, but they constantly get updated because they have they have to look new and fresh. They can't, you know, you can't be using one that's like sixty years old. Imagine how grubby and horrible 
<laughs> that would be just fall into bits, you know, the fabric falling off it and stuff. Eye popped out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 that scare the kids, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I hear kids. So go, oh. Zombie um, city. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that wouldn't be good, would it? So, no. yeah, I did that. So, uh, yeah, and then I got I got to throw a custard pie in his face. Um, anyway, that was that was a sooty experience. I got to throw a custard pie in Richard's face, and that was all good. But he told me at the time, uh, he said, if I want to, if I want to do more TV things, really, you've got to move to London, and 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 do it there. And uh, I said, like, I went, oh, why can't I just live in Hull and do it? He said, because they, they they might not hire you. They might just if you're not around these people. Like you, you, you can do it, but it's a lot harder, right? So what I did is I moved to London for a bit. I started hanging around the magic circle, um, got to know lots of people, and when opportunities come up, like people often just choose somebody they've seen the week before or that they've been speaking to recently. So when these magic shows, they they ask for like you know, an advisor to help them with the magic element. They say, who do you know that can come and do it? They don't go. Ah, oh, what's this bloke in the hole ten years ago? Um, <laughs> you know that I, I want to. They kind of go, oh, who, who do I know? And there's that thing about people that, that are on their radar. Um, mm. And then so it was basically basically that. So yeah, I, I moved to London. That was it. Third line. Yeah, that's yeah. So obviously, you know, talking about TV and stuff like that, and Britain's got talent. Except when was the first time you actually appeared on TV? Was it the Sooty Shows or something else? I think it, I think I think I've, I did like a couple of little things before. That. So I was I was on like um, the holiday show with uh, Toya Wilcox, BBC One. Uh, that was good. That was uh, that was one of the first things I did. And then yeah, then the Sooty Show, and then did like a few like little bits like that. But I think the the first big one was was twenty eleven, which was uh, Foolers, mm. but it was in the UK, the Penn and Teller Foolers Show, and I was it in the UK. And that was the thing. I'd moved to London in 2010. 2011, I got a first TV spot doing this thing. So that was that was good. And it was a show where you had to try and fool Penn and Teller. I went on uh, and tried to fool them, didn't fool them. But there's a long story around that. But, you know, it's, this podcast ain't long enough. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I, oh, that sounds juicy. I, I, I still got beef. I still got beef. I think I basically I think I fooled them. Is the uh, there's there's a long, there's a much longer story. Uh, but um, yeah, I I met them a few days before with another trick because I was told I wasn't going to be on the show, and I did a trick for them as a re- in a rehearsal thing. I then fooled them with that trick, um, and then they said, "Well, maybe you can come and do this trick on the show." And then there was a big argument, and then. Uh, this I couldn't do it, and then they said, "Come and come and watch it." Uh, and then, but we're going to do another show, so be on that one instead. And so it's always a long, long thing. But anyway, I went on this other show with a, with a, another trick, and it didn't fool them. Um, so yeah, that was my that was my first one. And then the next one after that was quite a few years after. It was in 2016. That was the next great magician. There was a few little things in between, but these are like the big ITV shows or or whatever. These big ones. Um, the next great magician again. That was just being around. I think just be, you know trying to like being be known in the magic world. So when magicians that are advising for this show go, who can we get to come and do it? They hopefully your names in that mix. Um, also by having original tricks and, and different things. Because if you are just doing the same tricks that everybody else is doing, why get they, they wouldn't get me to come do the thumb trick 
right? They wouldn't get to come and do that because they know lots of other people can do that and probably better, right? So you go, but but you go, hey, Alan's got after where he puts a bag on his head and then uh, he pops these balloons, you know, somebody pops these balloons and he knows which balloons it's popped and it's kind of funny and interesting and it looks a bit different. You go, well, book him for the show because it looks different to what everybody else is doing. So so by having different stuff, that was the other thing that, that happened. Um, yeah, and then and BGT was in... Uh, 2020? Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, um, and I only did that really because Cat, uh, my wife, wanted to do it. And, and I said, oh, I, don't, I don't really want to do it. I've never, like, they asked me for, they asked me loads before, like, like almost every year, do you want to come do it? And I always said no. And then Cat said, should we do it? So I went, yeah, well, this, we've got nothing to lose now, really. It's like, I, you know, it's not as popular as it was, is it? Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not as many people are watching it anymore, are they? And and also, do, do you know what happened is right? They used to be really nasty to magicians on that show. They used to be. They used, Simon Cowell used to hate magicians, and very early on, there were show magicians going badly. Even if they hadn't gone badly on the, in real life, they used to edit it and make it look like they'd gone pretty bad. And and that was that was really bad. And so a lot of professional magicians shied away from it. And then over a couple of years, some magicians went on and they decided they really liked magic and it got really good like ratings. And when it went on YouTube, it was getting like the biggest number of hits. All about the dollar, right? all about the dollar. And then since then, Simon Cowell has realized that he absolutely loves magic. <laughs> he's had a chain heart, I don't know why, but he's, he's now decided he absolutely loves magic and it's the best thing ever. And so now, if you watch the show, there's loads of magicians on. Um, about, about two years ago, there were 10 magicians in, like, in semi-finals, I think. And in the yeah. final, 10 acts, five of them were magicians, which is, is too much. If, yeah, you know, agreed. Too much. Yeah. Yeah. And I, 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 I like magic. I think it's too much. <laughs> what are you saying about Actually, Simon Cowell makes sense though because he looked so unimpressed when you were all the other three were like oh my god that was amazing you was like no yeah well do, do you know what it is so one thing that Simon Cowell does is he wants to believe magic is real apparently so anytime that you say you're a comedy magician he, t he turns off and I made the mistake of going on and saying because I've got this opening gag which is I say uh I'm a comedy magician, um, uh, and I did it because my parents used to do it, comedy, magic. You see, my mum, she used to tell all these funny jokes, and my dad, he disappeared when I was nine. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the joke. Right, so, <laughs> Right? And, and that's, that sets up my act. Right? That just, it, gags like that kind of set it up. Go, okay, well, he doesn't take himself too seriously, and also he's told us he's a comedy magician, and we kind of get it, right? That's that's it. Um, but he switched off as soon as I said the word comedy magician. And I know this because Ant and Deck told me afterwards. So they said, so you know that bit where you can, you kind of speak to Ant and Deck at the side? Yeah. So yeah. I, 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 I went to speak to them quite a bit afterwards, and they were, they were brilliant. And they said, oh, do you know what? said, the mistake you made was you said you're a comedy magician. said, as soon as you said that, Simon switched off because he's done it to every single comedy magician act that's gone on over the last couple of years. Uh, he said, if you'd just gone on and said, I'm a magician, and then done your act, and then he would have gone, hey, I thought it was amazing, but also, we'd like you. you you're kind of quite funny as well with it. As if he's almost mm. realised this. Right? But 
because he's got this thing in his head about he, he doesn't like comedy magicians. As soon as I said that, he switched off. Uh, and so Ant and Deck were telling me this, and I said to one of them, I said, yeah, I mean, I could have probably done with this information about 20 minutes ago, to be honest. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and, then, and then the other one's going, he's fucked you over. He's, am I allowed to say it? He's gone, he's, he's fucked you over. <laughs> uh, uh. You'd think for someone that, like, is a talent scout and looks at the talent people could do, he wouldn't really do that and judge things by the name of your act, really, would you? But there we go. Yeah, I think it is out-and-out comedy. Like, there, so there was a magician on that sort of produced these, like, fake doves, and he was, like, pretending to coo at them, and he was so ridiculous. He looked like a sort of 70s Las Vegas-style magician, but he knew what he was doing, you know. He knew he looked ridiculous, and his act was a ridiculous act. So I think Sam and Cal liked that because he knew that there was no real magic taking place in it. But I think when it's, if he thinks it's magic, he wants it just to be magic. He doesn't want to. He doesn't want to mix it. So yeah, he, he basically wants to think you are a, a real wizard. Don't be saying you're a comedy magic. Don't be diluting it. So yeah. And um, can we just step back a little bit and go back to the next greatest magician? Because obviously. On that, you mentioned the bag over the head and the balloons, obviously, was with Tom Parker from The Wanted, who obviously sadly yeah. is no longer with us anymore, which is... Oh, cool. yeah. Yeah, so when I watched it, I was like, oh, my God. So that obviously yeah. now must be one of your biggest videos because obviously people would have flocked back to that. No, it's, it's like the Fooler's one is the biggest one, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, it, it's, it's one that's... Like, for me, it when I did it, it was the best thing I'd done on TV. Um, it was better than the Fooler's thing that I'd done earlier. And it's the, one of the things I'm most proud of, that trick, because it, just a, it's just got, you know, I've been doing that trick a long time, and I managed to capture it. And Tom Parker was actually so brilliant at doing it. He was such a laugh. Like, because I, I did these, I, I genuinely asked for, they said, who do you want to be, who do you want to help with this trick? And I said, Harry Styles. Because <laughs> I thought, I thought, who is the biggest person at the moment on Twitter and, and all that stuff? And if he just tweets about it, because oh, I did this thing with Alan Hudson, I thought, oh, that could go well. Right? And then they went, yeah, we can't get Harry Styles. And I went, okay, fine. Any of the others, any of the other members of One Direction will be fine, right? And they went, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to do it. I went, oh, okay. Um, and I thought, who else is sort of popular? Like, and I named a few other people. And then uh, on the day, they said, uh, so we'll get you someone, we'll get you someone. And then on the day, they said, we've got you, Tom Parker. And I went, Great. Who's that? <laughs> it's Tom Parker. Like went, from the Wanted. I went. I heard of the Wanted. What do they sing? And I was playing the. I was playing the. And I went. Oh, right. yeah, I know them. I thought, oh, this is gonna be like. I don't even know who he is. But like, I met him. He was so good. He was going, Honestly, it's anything you want to me. Like as long as it's you know as long as you're not, you're not being like really rude and disrespectful. But you 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 can play with me. Do whatever you want. So when I put the bag on his head, I was doing these things, and then he popped two balloons, and then I said to you know, I said out loud, I said, I told him I wanted Harry Styles, right? And he just sort of <laughs> fell about laughing at that, right? He was so good, he was so giving, you know, because some people might have been a bit better of that, but he was, he was, yeah, he, he, and afterwards he was good. Oh, that was brilliant. Oh, I love that. Oh, I loved it. It was, yeah, he was so good. Um, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, and when he, he was, about, was it about a year or two ago that Tom Parker died? Think so, yeah. I don't think it's not yeah. very long. It's not very long ago. Not very long ago. And I just, I just think, uh, yeah. I watched it again actually. Not, you know, I was, I wasn't a big mate of it. It's like we only met on this one day. Like, 
Um, yeah, but, but so, still, it's quite like an iconic thing now, isn't it? Really, because obviously, it's yeah. not longer with us anymore. So, yeah, and for me, you know, I've always got that, and it's always been on my website, and it's always a thing that I show people. You know, if they go, you know, what sort of thing do you do? I go, oh, what books this one? Because I think it's one, you know, a really good one. So, uh, so I've always sort of gone, oh, what's this one with Tom Parker? And I, yeah, I mean, it was great. He went rogue, didn't he? He'd lost his mind. He went and started just, like, popping away. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on. <laughs> yeah. So I, saw, I, think, I think he was just excited. <laughs> he was just, uh, he, you know, he said he loved magic, and he's just, like, excited to be up. And he'd, he'd been watching the other tricks as well beforehand. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, he was really into that. Because there's, like, sort of four magicians on, I think. Um, and so he'd been watching the others, and he was really excited by them. And then he was just really geared to get up. Um, so you can see actually he's like oh, 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 when, he, when he gets so he can't he can't wait to see what he's gonna do and then turns out it's just he's like, putting a bag on his head so uh, yeah. a gift bag not just a normal bag a gift yeah, bag. yeah a gift bag yeah a pink, a pink gift bag yeah brilliant so, so we, oh, as I say we should talk about the big one shouldn't we really we should go to we should go on to the pennant, and obviously you've got the trophy right behind you. I mean, right how, how don't, don't, did don't it feel? Don't notice that. No, uh, I, I, I had noticed being F you behind you. <laughs> I, I, I have to explain this in my, in my corporate things. So when I'm doing Zoom corporate things you know, for companies, I, I, I do point it out, and I realise it does just look like it says F you. So <laughs> I have to say straight away, I, I do it as a gag, say, oh, by the way, I've just got this... Uh, the Foolers, uh, the, the trophy that I won uh, before the Pen, uh, Pentella uh, live. Um, and um, one, I get to point it out, but also I just, I don't want the boss of the company going, why has he got a thing saying F you? <laughs> uh, but behind him. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was crazy. So, so me and Pat did it. Uh, we went out to Vegas last year, I think it was. I think it's like it was a year before it was actually shown. So that, that was really hard, actually. So, yeah, we filmed it like in May, and I think it went out in, say, February this year. So basically, I had to go a full year without telling anyone. Oh. That, that was tough. Um, nice. Yeah, because, you know, one of the things is you have to sign this thing, and you're not allowed to tell anyone how it's gone. You're not even allowed to tell the other magicians in the room that you're filming with how it went. So... Um, yeah, like obviously, That's... can you? Yeah, but uh, good, not, not telling you, not telling you, like obviously, obviously, what's that yeah. under your jacket? Nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why my suitcase? Was, oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that that was the yeah, that was a year ago, and I, I genuinely didn't think I was gonna fool them, so I just wanted to go on with this trick that I'd come up with, this cling film wrapping up trick. That was going to be something else at first, and then you know you said earlier, how did you come up with your ideas? That was going to be a thing where I thought about a pickpocketing routine, where I could maybe get someone's credit card, and I had this idea. Thought, oh, how would you not be pickpocketed? And I think I see a sign in London like, how do you not be pickpocketed? Like, you know, or where's to do it? And I thought, and what if uh, you wrapped up your credit card in cling film, and then put it in your wallet, and then wrap that up in cling film? And then not only that, that'd be really hard to get out. And then got cling film and wrapped up around your body. That'd be really hard. To, uh, it's just a stupid idea going, oh, you know, oh, you could do that, but then you could do that, and then you could do that and go stupidly crazy with it. And then I thought, oh, I'll, I'll wrap somebody up, and then but then they'll go like this, and maybe still get the credit card out. 
right, and try mm. and sort of pick it out. And they go, oh, how do you do that? Because it was all wrapped up. So then a silly trick becomes this amazing thing. But then, then I thought, well, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't like the idea of some of the elements of it. I thought it's funnier if I get wrapped up, so somebody wraps me up instead, and then I'm in this sort of stupid position. Um, and then, then I thought, well, how if it's my credit card, that's not as impressive because I could just have another credit card the same. You know, or, or whatever. And I thought, well, maybe something that's signed, and then obviously it comes to playing cards because magicians, you know, it never, it never to be good to playing cards uh, <laughs> at some point. And think, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, and I don't really have any of a card trick in my in my stage show. So I thought, oh, well, I mean, we had one card trick, um, and then yeah, it progressed into this thing. And it was to me it was always a fun thing that magicians enjoyed, and the public, you know, the public love it because it's this big spray of playing cards, and it's just sort of. Stu- you know, it's a trick they've not seen before. So it's a funny thing to see. And then I thought, well, I'll go and do it on Penn & Teller because you get to do it on a shiny floor TV show and they never really give out away how the trick is done. At the end, they might say something occurred. They might go, well, so I'll tell you who would like that. Mr. Hofsinzer. Hmm. Do you think Mr. Hofsinzer would like that? And you go, yeah, you know how it's done. Right, because it'll be a reference to like an old magician that has done something similar, or like a move yeah. or something like that, and then you know that they know, right? So that once they say those words, you kind of go, "No, nah, yeah, got me." And yeah, they were saying the words, going, "Hey, we think you know what's, um, you know, how how we, how we did it." And I went, "Oh yeah, here we go." And then, um, and then they said, "Yeah, we think what you did is you palmed the card." And already I went, "Bingo." <laughs> Here we go. They've shut out here straight away. And I'm like, okay, and I was just not I was just nodding along again. Right, right. And they go, yeah, then what we think you do is you raise your hand up and I was nodding, go, yeah, go on, carry on, carry on. Here's enough rope. If you want it, join your more rope uh, hang yourself with. It's have a load more. Uh, yeah, go on. Um, and then what you do is you you lift up your hand and you position it into into place and and then I said, no, I did not do that. And they said, well, you were handed, it's your left hand. And then I went, no, I did not do that. And I did then think the mic go, or this, right, <laughs> with the other thing that I actually did do. And they didn't do that. And they went, well, in that case, nothing, you, you fooled us. I went, what? Like, and I was, I, you can see my reaction on the show. <laughs> like, really? I, you, you're not going to go for the other thing that it was. You're not going to say that. Because <laughs> I just thought they would know it. I just, I honestly thought there was, there's like little bits in it. And I just thought, oh, they'll, they'll, they'll kind of know. But you, you can smell it out as a magician quite often. You can, you can just, you have a sense of what's going on. Um, and it, for some reason, it just flew past them. They didn't know. Yeah. No. Uh, and actually, I do, I do show my hands empty, but they, 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 they trim out little bits in the TV show to make it a tight edit. So one thing that you can't actually see is when I put the deck of cards down, I do show my hands. But they must have forgotten that bit because they thought I, I, I thought I palmed this card. They thought I'd still sort of you know got got this card and sort of like sort of hid it in my sort of hands somehow like this uh, and sort of you know moved it up into into place. But there the is a bit where I sort of put them down and got and gone like this. To show it's not there because I, I didn't I, I was never trying to fool them like that I was never trying to sort of make them think I was doing one thing do you know what I mean? doing, yeah, I was, yeah yeah 
because that is where to fool them actually you can fool them with magic methods so you can you know you can kind of go go oh look i'm going to take this card and uh i was going to palm it and then it's not really palmed it's actually <laughs> like like that and then, and then so you can make them think you've done something do you know what I mean? you can you can go oh yeah okay and, and and hold your hand in a strange position that only magicians hold their hands in and make them think that you're doing something uh, but I never tried to do that. Uh, I just did the trick as it is, and then, yeah, I couldn't believe it. But but yeah, I had to wait a year before it was on. <laughs> That's nuts. I, I love what you were saying before, how the look on your face when they went full, so you were just like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, that, all, all genuine, because I was like, I can't believe this. Uh, and then, uh, quite, quite annoyingly, actually, the one we thought cat, so... Um, my wife was filmed back to back, so we did mine. She did hers. I we 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 both of us thought that hers would fool them, and mine wouldn't. And it was actually the other way around. So then Cat went on, and hers unfortunately didn't fool them. And then that was like a bit of a took the took a shine off the day a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Because I was all prepared for it not to fool them. Uh, I thought Cats would, and then um, yeah, it turned out that. Um, they, they managed to nail hers pretty much bang on. So, uh, yeah. yeah. It's really? no place, doesn't it? Shows who's boss. Just <laughs> <laughs> bring that up in arguments. Yeah, but which one full pen and teller? Where are you, was it? Yeah. 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 Let's, go, let's go to the room, shall we? Just have a look at our trophy. See whose name's on that, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> do they talk to you afterwards and like try and find out how you did it? Or they literally just, they don't want to know? They, 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 no, they don't want to know. They, they, and, and also, they're filming the next person because the, the, it's all TV studio time where, you know, we're, we're not all hanging out afterwards and snorting coke in Vegas, you know. <laughs> um, do you know what I mean? Getting limos and uh, going to strip clubs. It's not all It's what they, they film it during the daytime. You think it is, don't you? But it's not. Um, it should be a bit awkward with Cat with me, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. Um, <laughs> doing all that. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, like you film it, you film it at like eleven o'clock in the morning, and then and then cat went on, and then they went, oh, thanks very much, and then you have to go out, and because you're not allowed to speak to the magicians to let them know how it's done, they film the next magician, the next magician, because they want the whole show wrapping up before all the crew have to go for their lunch, That's and then bad. and then Alison, you know, has to go for her scheduled wow break as well or whatever she gets. And then they're filming probably another show in the afternoon, like, or whatever. And then they've got, like, four more magicians to do because it's, like, maybe 12 or 16 episodes in the season. And they'll probably get the crew in and try and film it in as short space as possible. You know, like in this country, like, they'll film the chase or something and they'll do, like, three or four episodes a day. You know, so Bradley, when you see him, red eye, <laughs> Bradley Walsh, red-eyed. And it's, it's, it's like, it's only fourth episode of the day. He's like, don't know he is. That's 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 why oh, that happens. Yeah, I do. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, but yeah. So yeah. So they, they don't. You don't really have time to even chat to them afterwards. They kind of, you know, they. You do. You do for a moment. They, you kind of go, oh, um, you know, oh, good to meet you, and blah blah. And they go, oh, great trick. Really loved it. Never seen anything like that before. And then he was saying, you know what? I think I think um, I think I was nearly there. Uh, if it hadn't been that. I think, I think I might have got you with the other thing. Like, he was a bit annoyed about it. It was Penn. <laughs> but he was a bit annoyed. He was going, yeah, yeah. Well, I thought it was either that or that. And then he actually want any of those things. Um, but um, we just had to tell him. I went, oh, well, we'll never know. We'll, you know, so, yeah. 
<laughs> and um, and then uh, and then by that, like the studio manager came on, the sort of floor manager, and went, "Alan, Alan, can you come and do this. Get your picture taken, you know, for publicity things. And um, can you sign for this and, and do this? And you need to go out there now and and stuff like that." And go, "Okay, yeah." And they all they whisk you off to different rooms to do various things. Um, Crazy, yeah. The other thing that I've just done is I don't I don't know if you know about this, but I've just done America's Got Talent as well. I was um, going to ask. I saw a picture on your Twitter. I was going to ask what this was about. Oh, yeah. did, did you see it? I was going to say you would have seen a video. See if you've been watching YouTube things and gone down that. Like there's nothing on that. Uh, but yeah, I've just done that. That was crazy. So I just went out and did that. And, and, and the weird thing with that is you don't know if you're going to be shown or not. You, I've got absolutely mm. no idea whether you know. So I've got a good story that I went and did it. But it might never make t- television because they always massively overfilm these things, mm. and then they work out who they're going to show on it. Because you know, they, they as they said to us on the day, they said, "Look, we get about seventy thousand people um, asked to be on the show uh, every year. Uh, we film about two hundred of them, so you're down to the last two hundred already. And out of that, we probably show less than half. Jeez. So even if even if it you know goes." Whatever happens today, like, like unless you get golden buzzer, uh, you don't know where you're going to be shown. So, spoiler alert, <laughs> did not get the golden buzzer, right? Um, Bastard. So, yeah, I know. Um, so, you don't know if you're going to be shown or not. Like, it's so now it starts at like the end of May. Um, when is this podcast cut? Is this, is this after it's that? It's go, going out in, in near end of June. End of June, yeah, right? So yeah. I may well have been on it by then. So this might be a redundant story because I might, <laughs> might, you know, I might have been on last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. But this, at this, point, at this point in time, which is before uh, it, it started, yeah, I've got absolutely no idea whether I, um, they're going to make me look great, make me look bad, because I don't think they do that. Um, they, uh, they may not show it. They might show me for 10 seconds. You know, that I might be one of those montage bits where they go, oh, it was a great day. We had some magicians on. And they just show me for a second. Or our main feature bit. You know, that you just don't know. Apologies. 9th of June, you're coming out. Not the end of 9th June. 9th of June. Okay. 9th yeah, of June. yeah. Very exact. I like it. So I was just Hello, working everyone. out my head. Then we to... <laughs> right. Hello, everyone in the future on the 9th of June. Here we are <laughs> on the 9th of June. Right today. <laughs> Just going back to the cling film trick, obviously you did that on Britain's Got Talent, you did that on Penn and Teller. Is that sort of become your signature trick now? Because people are obviously going to know you from this for being on like mainstream TV with it. Yeah, it, it is. It, and yeah, th- there's a couple of tricks I do. The balloons trick, the, the cling film trick. I've got another trick as well, which uh, if you see me live, I, I often do that trick as well. And that's something I've pitched to do on... America's Got Talent as, a, as another thing. Um, so I won't say what it is, but I'll do another thing. But but certainly with the cling film, they're, they're, yeah, people do kind of know me for doing that. And I just sometimes feel like I should do all brand new stuff when they see me live. But I think unlike a comedian, where once you've heard the jokes once, it's not as good the second time, I think with magic, you can kind of still get away with it because... I know that I really enjoy to watch magic bits quite a few times. Like there's a there's a cutoff point at some you know at some point in the once you've seen it twenty times you kind of go, 
yeah, I get it now. I've seen, I've seen that trick. But if you've seen it once on the TV and then you can see it live and I've got some different gags in it and some different bits that I, that I wasn't allowed to say on telly, um, slightly ruder things or slightly punchier jokes that I'm allowed to say in a, in a comedy club, um, then there's still some new elements in it. And also you're going, oh, it looks the same live that it does on the TV. Yeah, so there's, yeah. there's, there's nothing cut out or anything, you know. Um, yeah, so in fact, it's more amazing live, I think, than it is on the TV. It's because you know it's all legit and it's all real and it's happening right in front of you. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if people expect to see me do that or not, but uh, they certainly get that. I suppose <laughs> you think you. Yeah. I suppose you think you're saying then about like people. You could see the same trick because with magic as well. You go, if I see it again, I'm gonna fucking work out yeah. how you did that, right? Yeah, perform for me, magic man. Let me see. Let me work this one out then. <laughs> Yeah, because they go, well, I, know, I know what's going to happen, right? So you go, right, how does it get from there to there? Um, and then you go, right, I'll watch for it this time. And then, of course, I still misdirect. So, like, hopefully, misdirection, you fall for it twice. Because if it's strong enough, you should... You know, I, I do that with other magicians. Even though I know how they're done, I still miss the bit that they're doing it. I know that it's been done. I go, oh, I'll miss that again. And, and, I, and I know he's just done it because I know it's done. But I've just, I've, I know I've already missed it because the, t- the timing was so perfect. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. Hopefully. Um, there was a show back in 1997, 2009, called Breaking the Magician's Code. Do you remember this CV, this show? Yeah, where I think people got quite angry about it at one point. That masked guy that was basically just going, these tricks, this is how they're done. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, prick. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. must have really fucked the magic world massively for so long. Yeah, it did actually. And it's like now it's like a bit of a joke, isn't it? That there was like the masked magician going on to me and doing these <laughs> things. It seems a bit weird. Especially with YouTube. Because let's be honest, you can type in almost any trick into YouTube and find out how it's done now. Like pretty much. Like if you really deep, like dig deep a little bit. Like, it's not easy, but you can, like you can't, you, like some people don't do reveal videos of my tricks and they don't even know how they're done. So that's good. Um, there's, a, there's a guy that's done a reveal thing of mine. He doesn't even know it's done. So it's <laughs> I was going to say, there's one on there like I saw saying, this is how he does a clinker, but I didn't watch it. I don't want to know. But I was like, yeah. as if someone's done like, this. Like... Yeah, well, you, can watch, you can watch it because he doesn't know it's done. Because it's not a <laughs> trick that's like, it's not, it's, not, it's not a trick that's been released to the public. Or, do you know what I mean? If, it, if it's like a standard magician's trick or one that magicians sell to other magicians to perform, which they do sometimes, you know, so I've done a trick where I sold it to other magicians because I thought, I don't really want to do it myself. It's not part of my act. But I think a lot of magicians don't like it. So I got it made up. And then, like, you know, hundreds of magicians bought it. Um, and they do it in their acts, and that's great. Um, and if it's that, then it's quite easy for them to find out it's done because they can pay the money, they can buy it, and then they can... The people on YouTube and videos, they just put it on and say how it's done. I don't, I don't understand it. Um, but the mass magician was doing it on TV. And the difference with that is, people were watching that. They they weren't they weren't magicians, so they weren't wanting to know how it was done. They were just it was pushed into their face. I know you could say like, well, they chose to watch it, but there was a lot less on TV then, hmm. and and also it was just a casual like you might just flick onto Channel Four on you know a Sunday morning like before Sunday brunch was on like you know ten o'clock whatever and all of a sudden it's <laughs> Breaking a magician's code. All of a sudden, this magician's on, you know, doing all this hand, 
thing and then going, how do you do it? Let me show you. And you go, all right, I'm in. How did vanish that girl? How does the girl vanish? Right? And also you start watching it because it's intrinsically interesting. So how did they make this card disappear or whatever? And then you, you start watching these things and then he does another trick and you go, I don't know how he did that. And he goes, I'll tell you the secret. And you go, great, I'm still watching. I'll be back after the break. I'll, I'll, I'll carry on watching this. And so it, yeah, and the annoying thing was, he was just kind of giving secrets away to everybody, regardless of whether people wanted to know or not. And once, you know, you know now, like watching YouTube, it's easy to get sucked into to watching something online that's interesting. Um, but, you know, on t when it was on TV, like it was even more so, it was getting millions of viewers. So, and, and the people I really felt sorry for were the people that did the actual tricks that, that were on that show. So some things were so old, people didn't even do them anymore. But there's some tricks where, maybe like a sign the woman in half thing, right? So, like, the magicians probably spent £2,000 on that prop, right? Mm. So, it's maybe, it's maybe had to get it shipped over from America, paid all the import duties. It's part of his act, right? He's had to get a warehouse, right? or at least the shed, right? And, and a van, <laughs> take it around in, right? But paid a lot of money for that, rehearsed it, and then wakes up one Sunday morning, and there's this guy with a mask on going, do you want to see how he does his trick? Here's how it's done. And the, imagine that magician going, what? <laughs> I just made 2,000 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> what? You masked bastard. <laughs> yeah. It was, honestly, magicians ready to kill him. They were absolutely furious. Um, but now, nowadays, it doesn't seem quite as bad, really. It's like, as I say, like, all tricks are getting revealed. But I think it's because you have to hunt them out. It's not kind of, yeah. Although, actually, there is, there is another thing that if you see magicians on TikTok and stuff like that, and on Reels on Instagram, a lot of magicians will now just do a trick and show you how it's done. Um, oh, why? Yeah. The YouTubers, like, unless you're an actual magician, how do we know they've got it right? Yeah, well, it's clear. <laughs> like, yeah. but is that, but is that how it's done? Like, are you sure? Like you say with your with your clink film one, like I have no, I have no clue. And like Jamie said, I don't want to know either. But I know, I know you can't even reveal anything because obviously part of the inner circle, that sort of thing. Anyway, but yeah, um, we're gonna sit there and go, that's cool. But is that how it's done? Are you sure that's how it's done? Because how yeah. do I know that you're right? Yeah, yeah, true. And it's, yeah, I mean, th there is a thing I, I tell, when magicians ask me, like, younger magicians, they say, I've got any advice, or when I start learning magic or whatever, there's always a couple of places I push them to. Because I go, don't, don't learn off YouTube. Because a lot of those people teach on YouTube, they, they got it wrong in the first place. This is the blind leading the blind. Right, don't be learning on something that doesn't even know how it's done. Right, because if they're, they're saying, oh, the, the best way to do this trick, you know, to learn this hard move is like this. They're getting it, they're teaching you badly. They're teaching you the wrong way to do it, and it's not good in the first place. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few places you can kind of go and, and learn the stuff proper. Yeah. yeah, it's like taking driving lessons off your dad. Learn yeah, bad exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you know what? So, I'll, I'll use that. That's, that's a really good analogy. <laughs> yeah. Um, you did an Italian TV show as well called To CK Valley. So I don't, I'm not Italian, but did the comedy yeah. translate? The magic obviously would have done, but did the comedy side translate over there or no? No, no, it did not. 
<laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. Let's tell you that much. Uh, the, the judges all seem to really like it um, because one, one of them was a bit of a magic fan, and he was sort of saying um, in Italian. I did not know this until uh, it got translated, but he was saying this is really original, and it was saying to everybody, "What you might not know about this is that this is actually a really original routine, and I've never even seen anything done like this before." Uh, and so this is like you know, credit where credit is due, sort of thing, just for just for that. Um, but yeah, I was I was doing these jerks that went with it. But what what happened is, it was live translated to the audience. So it was there was an audience there of say a thousand people, and in these four judges, I did my trick, and I said, um, you know, "Hi, my name's Alan Hudson. I'm a magician, and I need a helper." Right, and then I had to pause while the translator came on, going, "I can't do Italian, but Alendo, Alan Hudson." Uh, and then an assistant or whatever. And so that, and I would top pause and listen to this and then go, oh, okay. And then go, uh, which one, this one? And I go, thank you. And then um, you know, would say, thank you in Italian. And I'd say, can you put this bag on your head? And it'd go, uh, I need the bag on my head though. That's probably not Italian. That's probably that's. That's bad. I think I'm making it. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but there, and so all comedy timing is lost. Lost. And so I would do a joke and go da 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 there, right? Obviously nothing from the audience. And I'd wait for the translation to come out and go, and then wait to see if it gets a laugh. Nothing. I go, oh. and of course, one, you need to be able to tell the joke and do the da 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 in your rhythm. Mm. And then you also have to be doing a thing. You can't just wait for the guy to tell the joke. <laughs> and you, you're looking like this, going. And for his also, I think he was doing his own material as well. Because <laughs> it also got it got zero laughs. Uh, it was it was a, a, a terrible a death as far as I'm concerned. Um, however, the trick worked, and that's the important thing. And so the judges still liked it, and then. Um, yeah, they, they put me through to the next round, although I never ended up going back again. Uh, it's, a bit like, it's a bit like the BGT thing. They, they put loads of through, people through, but then like, they, then they invite a certain amount of people to actually come back and do other stuff. The, the weird thing about that show, right, is the prize money, they said the prize was, I think it was 100,000 euros in gold coins. Right. <laughs> So when I, when I got there, I did not know this. And they said, um, so they interview you. You know those things where you sat on the box? You, you've seen Britain's Got Talent and all those things yeah, where yeah. Mm. You, sat, you sat in the boxes and they, they, they ask you questions just so they can show a little clip of it. And uh, they said, so well, what would you do with the prize money? I went, it's the prize money. <laughs> I didn't even know what's prize money. I went, I thought it'd be, I, I, no one told me. What, what is it? And they went, it's a hundred thousand pound, a hundred thousand euros in gold coins. And I went, gold coins? How heavy is that? Like, I've got my bags full already. Like the ex, the excess baggage on that's going to be crazy. Like how? And they went, oh no, not yet. We'll deliver it to your house. And I went, but you bring coins to my house, like actual gold coins. 
And then they went, yeah, anyway. So um, are you excited about being on the show? And I went, back to these coins. Like, <laughs> what? How, how is it right? There's like a man turn up with them. And then we went, oh, we'll, we'll put them on your doorstep. I went, do you check to see if I'm in? Because <laughs> what if my neighbour goes, what, why is there 100,000 euros of gold coins? Oh, so what am I supposed to do with them afterwards? And they went, yeah, yeah, forget about that. So um, what could you do for us today? I said, no, 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 back to these gold coins. <laughs> like, yeah. I think, I think maybe that's one of the reasons I didn't get through. Like, I think they didn't get me back again. I think I could not work the show out. It was, it was, a, it was a crazy, crazy show. I just yeah. got visions of this red letter thing coming through your door, doorstep. We've left your parcel in the recycling bin of a thousand <laughs> gold coins. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's real as well, apparently. That is, that is what happens. That's, it's not a gag, you know. They, they really... But I, I was just going through all the. I was going, could you like post them through my letterbox? Like a couple at a time, maybe? Like, is that a thing? Like, rather than leaving them on my doorstep? Like. Does it come in a chest and is it buried and I have to find it? <laughs> yeah. Like, it seems such a weird thing. But they thought it was perfectly normal. They were going, well, yeah, it's the gold coins. I mean, you're with the gold coins. As if it's like, as if every other show in the world does this. Like. Because one thing about these shows is, because they were going, why do you not know about this? I was going, well, because you asked me to be on it. Like, they, they paid me to go out there and, and do the show, you know. So it's the same as America's Got Talent. They didn't, actually, America's Got Talent didn't pay me to go out, but they, they, they asked me to be on the show, and they, they flew me out and stuff like that, which is pretty exciting. You know, you get, um, like, you know, <laughs> just to be treated like, just, you know, treated like a bit of a star, going, are you going to fly me out to America? And, Put me up in a hotel in Pasadena, in California, and go on a TV show. Do I want to do that? Yeah, of course I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and the same with two EC violence, like they, they sort of, you know, they pay uh, expenses and, you know, give you a bit of money and, and stuff for that one. And so they just said, Do you want to come and do this Italian TV show um, and have a week in Rome and you only have to film for one day? I went, Yeah, I'm in. I'm in on that. And um, yeah, so when I got there and there was all this talk about gold coins, I, know, I literally had no idea what was going on. They're probably hoping you'd throw them in the Trevi or something, just throw them in the Trevi fountain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to mention, you've said several times how you remember the magic circle. And I know this is a big deal for magicians, but for those listening and are going, what? the hell is the magic circle what exactly is the magic circle yeah it's odd that isn't it because I, I i say the magic circle assuming everyone knows about it and <laughs> then, I, then I, I meet people and they go what is the magic circle is it i thought it was a mythical thing i thought it was just something that was like like hogwarts or something you know like something that was made up once in a book look at wait is there a real magic circle I go, yeah it's real they go nah I go, it is honestly it's a real it's a real thing and it's it's real place as well, you know. Like in London, there's um, in it's in Euston, and it's tucked away just around one of the sort of back streets, just behind the train station. And the the Magic Circle building is there. So the Magic Circle is a club that magicians can be a member of, and they've got their own building, and it's got a museum there with all these like old magic posters and old artifacts, and it's got like a Tommy Cooper fez in there, and it's got the 
the trainers that Dimer wore when he walked across the water of the Thames. And there's a famous bit when he was like walking on water for his TV shows. It's all the trainers that he had. And it's got, you know, various things from really old magicians and newer ones and stuff. It's really cool. And, um, but it's, a, it's, it's also got members of this club. So they do public shows. And, you know, it might be you see someone doing close up magic in one room, then you go to the theatre and then you can see a stage show with magic. Um, and that's normally done by members. And, and I'm a member of it. And yeah, I've been a member for about 20 years, probably, something like that. Um, and I'm now a member of the Inner Magic Circle, which is kind of a, it's like a, that, that's by, uh, like the president has to invite you in, basically. So it's one of those things you can't audition for, or you have to audition to be a member of the Magic Circle. And, uh, but you can't, remember, you can't audition to be a member of the Inner Magic Circle. That's when you've shown your worth in a way, you know. It's like you've you've it's there in your stripes. It's it's essentially mm. that sort of that 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 eventually, if you stick around long enough and you're seen to be or deemed to be good enough or whatever, you know, and the president thinks that you're good, he can ring you up on day and say, "I'm promoting you to be a member of the Inner Magic Circle with Gold Star." And there's only 250 of them uh, in the entire world. And it's a, wow. a, a worldwide club. You know, so that was, that was quite a buzz when I got that one. That was, that's like a little childhood thing, you know, from, that's a, that's a long way from producing a cake out of a pan. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I have the president of the Magic Circle up saying, you're in the inner Magic Circle, man. And I go, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> It must it yes. must be incredible. It must be a hell of a like a proper bucket list like this was all it really it. is. All, yeah. It really is. And, and you know, I and I know a lot of people don't even know the magic circle exists. But to magicians, when you're in it, you know, and as I say, you know, I'm in deep. This is all this is all I do, you know. I wake up and I start thinking about magic tricks and just you know, it's a lot of my friends are magicians and you know, I, I'll I'll try and go out with my other friends and have a normal conversation, you know, but but at the end, you always—it's always on your brain. You know, it's—it's it's like if you're a comedian, imagine you're always trying to think of just jokes or whatever. Just whatever you do, whatever your passion is, you end up thinking about it all the time. And you know, musician—they—you must. Oh, I wonder if I could get into a song somehow. And you know, uh, always think about it. And so the, the magic circle thing has always been on my brain since I was a kid, knowing about it, reading it about it in magic books. I, I remember reading a magic book when I was a kid. And just thinking, wow, when I'm 18, I'll be able to go there. And that's all I wanted. To go I, just wanted to, I just wanted to visit it. And that, that had been, at that point, that had been enough. Just, it was a dream, you know, kid from a hull going, imagine going to London, going to the Magic Circle. Mind-blowing. Like, I could that, also, it seemed like an unrealistic dream as well at that point. That seemed unrealistic. So, yeah, to, to become a member then, and then a member of the Inner Magic Circle was... Uh, yeah, yeah, real, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, bucket list. That's amazing. I, I want to say, I know we've had a great, you know, we've had so much fun talking all about this stuff, and, but I think the one thing you take away from this conversation is the fact that you said this is all you've ever wanted to do in your life, and you did it. Yeah. You taught yourself through your little kits on your book, a box under your bed, and you didn't stop. You had that dream to go to the magic circle. You went to the fucking magic circle. You became a member of the magic circle. You became the inner 
in a circle of magic circle, you've done nothing but chase your dreams for your entire life and you've done it. And that is incredible. That is absolutely mind blowing. Like I admire and respect that so damn much because let's be honest, if most people turn around as a kid and go, do you know what? I'm going to be an I'm older, a magician. They go, okay, little Timmy, you go crack on now, boy. But you've, you fucking did it on national TV. You fooled Penn and Teller for Christ's sake. You know, it's phenomenal. And if I had a hat, I'd tip it because it is absolutely amazing. It really is. Thanks. Although I do also think, you know, and this is part, this is like almost like the magic thing now where, you know, I do something that is pretty amazing and then I have to uncut it with a joke. I will also say to that, you know, because, you know, to sort of take that, it's almost like a compliment. I will undercut it by saying, I am also unemployable anywhere else because <laughs> uh, I, I've been, like, what else am I going to do, right? You know, I, like, my, my CV looks like I've been in prison for the last 30 years, right? Because, you know, you know where, where, who are your last employees? Well, I, I don't know, have I? You go, what have been doing? Car tricks? Like, you go, oh, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, of course you have, of course you have. But, you know, but where, what other firms have you worked at? None. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It looks like I go, like, it looks like I, I've not been doing anything. Um... So, and also now, I, re- I really couldn't get, I just couldn't get in a job. Like, I, I wouldn't know how to do it all. Like, once you've done something for so long, you, you just find, you find a way to, to, to do it. But I do realise I'm very lucky to, to do magic as a living. Like, a lot of people try and they can't do it. And it's, it's really hard, you know, hustling for gigs and especially early on and trying to get into that position. And then, yeah, I mean, I'm in, I'm in a position now where, I've done it. I've done it long enough, and there's a sort. Of, I still have to try. I still have to work hard at it. It's. it's you can't just sort of sit down and do nothing. And hope it all just kind of comes to you. You know, there's. You know, I'm still writing this show for Edinburgh and, and doing that, and then hoping that leads to something else and and doing all that sort of thing. But I'm kind of in the groove of it now. You know, I, I know. Mm. I know what I should be doing, and I think that makes it a bit easier when at least you know how it works. So, yeah. With- you mentioned your show with Edinburgh. Like, would you ever have your own TV series? Is that is that a goal? Is like, what's 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 next for you in that sort of retrospect? Yeah, it like as it as a, I'd say like probably ten years ago, I think I really wanted a TV show. I wanted to be, you know, Paul Daniels has not been on TV for a while. Um, Dynamo sort of just, I think he was just about to come out then, or maybe it was maybe about ten years ago he came out. I was thinking, oh, I'd really like to do this. But have you done a few TV spots now and know how hard it is just to do them little bits? I don't think I could do it. No? It's too difficult. It's not, it's too much stress. And I'll be honest, I've got, I've got a pretty easy life. Like, like, Fair enough. You know, I go and do a few gigs. I do the gigs that I want to do. I don't do the gigs that I don't want to do. And if something fun comes along, like the Fooler's thing, like, or America's Got Talent. Like, America's Got Talent, I, I rehearsed for about two weeks solid to do two minutes on TV. And even then, it was utter chaos. And if it comes out, you'll see it's utter chaos. Like, on stage. You know, I mean, I don't know what, I don't know how it's going to look. It might look good. It might look bad. I, but it's, it's crazy. Like, um, okay. the, 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 woman, the, woman, the woman I get up to do it, um, it's one of the judges. Uh, she's. I think I'm gonna have to say this. No, I'm not. I don't know. 
I don't know. No, better not. Um, but anyway, she she is not helpful. Let me say that much. Oh, okay. um, She's not Amanda um, Holden. No, exactly. Come back, Amanda. All is forgiven. Um, yeah, she. Um, yeah, she made things difficult. I'll say that much. Um, and. Yeah, you know, and so and doing that, you go. That was for two minutes TV. I spent a couple of weeks doing that, um, just like rehearsing all beforehand and thinking about it every day and going and then putting your bits in it. And then the producers go, "What are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing this. Can you send us five different choices of outfits?" I go, "Why?" I know, I know. And I go, "Right, do you want this? Do you want this? Do you want this black shirt, these trousers, white trainers, these." And, and then eventually go, hang on. And they come back to you there and go, yeah, we've chosen that one. And I go, all right. And when I got it, I just bought something different anyway. I didn't even ask. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, there's all, there's all that goes on. And, and they do everything to the minute detail. So everything's done to a, a sort of very small degree. They, they like to control everything. And they, try, you know, they, they like to kind of change your act a bit. And sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. Um, so they like to say... Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? Um, and that's, you know, it's their show. You're, you're a cog in their big machine, right? It's their big show. Um, but you go, this is for two minutes of TV or two or three minutes. Can you imagine doing like an hour show and then doing that like six for six weeks or eight weeks or something like that? that the yeah. workload on that, I can't imagine it. Like, I know you'd have a big team with you and, and stuff like that, but I just think the stress... You know, yeah, I've known people. I've known people who had their own TV show, and the one guy, after the second episode, he stopped watching it. He hated it so much. Uh, he stopped watching it because it had been edited. All the tricks had been edited in a, in a different way to what he wanted them to be, and also he knew it was going to be like not what he wanted when he was filming it because of all the restraints of of doing these things. That's why this, you know, people like. You know, like Richard Herring, right, like, is a really good example of somebody that used to be on TV, now a very big podcaster. He he much prefers, I think, doing podcasting and doing his own things because he knows that he can put it out in whatever state he wants to put it out. You know, if this is on TV, it, it like, you you know, it'd all be chopped, wouldn't it? It'd all be different. Yeah, yeah. So, and you probably have somebody different saying, no, you can't do it like that. You can't say this and you can't swear or it can't be, I don't know. It, it, all, it all change. Uh, and you might not have full control over it. Whereas with this, this is your thing. You get to decide what goes out, what doesn't go out. And if you think it's boring, you'll just cut this bit out. Right? And, you know, if you think it's good, you'll leave it in. But that's your choice. And you get to decide what you're putting out there into the world. Um, so, uh yeah, I get that. D- difficult when it's when it, when it's somebody else's thing. When it's you know when it's a show that somebody else, there's so many people in control of. Like I just also the amount of material that you'd have to think up of. It's a lot of work. Your amount of tricks. <laughs> tricks is hard as well. Like com- comedians can try a try a joke out that they wrote in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, because I do like in the comedy clubs. I'm really jealous of them. Sometimes they go, oh, "I thought of this this afternoon. I thought I'd try it tonight," and they do a bit. And sometimes it'll die, or sometimes it'll go really well. And afterwards, they'll go, "Oh yeah, I'm keeping that. That's really good." That. But I say, if I think of a bit, I have to go, "Oh, um, right. I'm going to make my headphones disappear." 
right, how am I going to do that? Right. I have to think <laughs> about it for a week as to how I'm going to make it disappear. <laughs> and then I might have to get some little gimmicks made, right, to do it. And then they probably don't even work. And then I probably have to go back to this, you know, like a builder go- guy going, right, can you make it so it's like this? Or the thing that makes it disappear is like this. Or maybe I have to work hard on slight hand. Or maybe whatever it is to make them disappear, I have to practice and do it. Then I have to try and make that funny. I have to try and put a gag into it. Right. And then after about six months of doing it, I could finally go on stage right, and go, I thought of this new trick. Boom. And then the audience might go, that's shit that. I go, all right. Well, God, that's so spent, true. I just spent six months doing that. It's cost, it's cost me like 500 quid that I try to. You, you're not into that? All right. Uh, so okay. we, Pass me a 50p yeah. roller clean film. Let's go. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no mind. Just this bag on your head. Yeah. Yeah. And then. It's uh, uh, yeah. Imagine doing that for like a TV show. That's true. That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, no, I, I get it completely. Completely get it. But Alan, this has been absolutely incredible. One last thing for me before I hand over to my wonderful co-host. There, like, if there's a particular trick of yours, a favourite trick. I know it's like asking to pick a favourite, like your favourite child or something. But one that you do that you're like extra proud of. What what would that be? Uh. So it can be it can be any of them at different times. So there's uh, the clean film trick, which is on Foolers. Go and watch that. There's the yeah the bag and the bag trick with Tom Parker. That's like one of my favourites. There's there's a couple of others that are on there that uh, you like different ones at different times. So one I did the other night, right? So this is um, this is one that I, I really like, and it's a it's a a banisher ring, and. I may appear in a in a walnut, which is uh, in a in a bag at the other side of the room, basically. So huh? this, uh, so the other night, so I borrow a ring and I put it under a hanky, and it disappears. And then I say, go and take that bag there. She takes out the walnut, cracks it open, and it's in there. Right, and it's a really cool trick. But the other night, I was at the comedy club. I know it's, it's it is, it, and it is like that as well. I'm not, yeah, it's it is that good. Uh, if I didn't say it so myself, it is like good. Um, that's why I'm in the inner magic circle there. I mean, come on. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get that from often. Um, like, um, so the, the other night, there was this, this, got this, got this woman up. She was a bit pissed. And uh, she was really giggly and a little bit nervous. And she was like going, oh, laughing. Like, it's like nervous after being on stage, which I understand. And I was trying to put her at ease and, and then um, she said something, and I went, have you, have you been drinking? <laughs> um, and she went, uh, yeah. And then she pointed to a badge, and it said 40 on it. I went, you've had, you've had 40? And then uh, she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was like, birthday. It was a birthday badge, right? She, it was a birthday. She just went, no, I've been up for a birthday. I went, oh, good. But I said, this is a great story, isn't it? Like, you know, what did you do on your 40th birthday? I, you know helped a magician and did this trick with her and she was just laughing all the way through and I've got all these gags about it being on a dove coming along but the dove never appears. I go, where's the dove coming? It's never it's not here. And I went, right, in that case, go and get this bag over there. Brings it out, the walnut, and then she was laughing away, going, giggle, 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 ha 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 ha. I crack the walnut open, she cracks the walnut up. Well I sort of crack it open in her hand so she can hold it the whole time. And I said, look, just get with your fingers now, peel it apart. She's laughing. 
And she went, and she just went, fuck off. Uh, and all of a sudden, she seemed to like sober up. <laughs> she seemed to like sober up in that one instant where she did not expect that ring to be in that one. And it was just, and it was there. And yeah, at that point, the audience, you can imagine that as an audience thing, seeing this like, giggly woman on stage. And then she, her whole demeanor just changed as this amazement. And she brought it out and sort of held it up for everyone and went, oh, like this. <laughs> And then, um, yeah. So that in that in that moment, that became my my baby. Did you know what I mean my favorite trick of that of that night? But then on another night, it could be the cling film thing. Something extra good happens with it, or different happens with it, or something, or maybe it's the balloons that something really funny will happen. Like you know, with the Tom Parker thing. Like I really enjoyed it that night because it started off normal. And then all of a sudden, um, he popped like another balloon, and I went, "Here we go! I'm allowed to add lib now." And it's and it's funny, you know. And I can I can get going with it, and that became yeah. So yeah, the answer is there's actually not one of them that's. Uh, and I think we, I think musicians say that dirtly a lot. I used to hear musicians say it's like, "Oh, it's the one I'm working on now," or something. Yeah. Um, but but for me, I think it's like it, it can be any of them at, at, at any point. Um, I like that. Yeah, I love that. Phenomenal, Mr. Stevens. Do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest? I do. Uh, funnily enough, I wrote this question down and I noticed it was on your website anyway, but I still want to ask it. So, okay. um, <laughs> how do you feel that magic is how, 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 how much do you charge? <laughs> <laughs> and can I book you next week? And um, <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you feel that magic has been portrayed in the movies in Hollywood? Ah, uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, like different, isn't it? It's like it used to be really like bad, didn't it? it used to be really like magic was always up until about uh, maybe twenty years ago, something like that. It was always like a cheesy thing. I think that if there was a magician, it would it would always like a sort of sleazy magician that was trying to chop girls with with tricks and things like that in a real slimy, horrible way. Um, and then all of a sudden it got quite cool with films like The Prestige and The Illusionist. And they sort of, they, they sort of like, they're both really good films. And they both portrayed magicians as being not necessarily, like, you can't always say, like, a, a, as good guys, but at least as an art form that's worth thinking about, that's valid. Like, it's not just, you know, Hey, here's a coin behind your ear, you know, like that, that sort yeah. of thing. You know, it's, it's a it's a proper thing. And then movies like uh, um, where you see me, uh, they sort of did did that as well. They were sort of a bit more modern take on magicians. And then every now and again, you do get movies like the the uh, the Bert Wonderstone movie and mm. and stuff like this that are sort of taking the piss out of magicians. I think that's fair enough now because. It doesn't always have to be good in every, you know. As long as there's a mix, that's the thing, isn't it? That's what you as when it's your th when it's your thing that you believe in. And magic is mine that I believe in the art form and, and love it. I want it to be portrayed fairly, and so I think it's fair that they're showing some magicians in some movies being good, and some magicians being utter assholes because that's fair. <laughs> so. Because that's life, and that's that's life in anything, isn't it? So don't matter, don't matter what you do, your podcaster, and there's some great podcasters. 
be some arseholes. You know, comedians, oh, some great ones, some utter knobheads. <laughs> don't, don't matter what you do. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think it's fair. I think it's good. Awesome. And I mean, and finally, before we let you get out of here, um, did you ever think that when you were a child getting your magic boxes and placing them under your bed nice and carefully that you'd be now here within the inner magic circle, being on Britain's Got Talent, being on all those TV shows, falling Penn and Teller, that sort of thing? Did you ever think that was going to happen? I thought you were going to say on your podcast. I was going to say, no, I did not. I did not dream <laughs> that, that I'd be here. I, I mean, it was, it, it was cool. again, it was, a, it was a bucket list. I, I honestly, I, I thought I, I thought I was hoping, but I didn't think it was going to be possible. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't think about anything. You just think about the next thing. I think like all the time. You know, you just think like when I was a kid, it was like, going, how do I get my next magic set? You know, or yeah. one day I might be able to visit the magic circle, and you visit the magic circle, and you go, well, I'm here now. Hey, I wonder if I could join the magic circle, and then and then you join the magic circle, and then you go. How do I get to be an associate of the inner magic circle? You know, it's always the next level, isn't it, with anything? So, you know, I think if you, in, in podcasting or whatever, right, you go, how do I reach 100 viewers? Then you go, how do I reach 1,000? Then it's how do I reach 10,000? How do I reach a million? How do I, well, and it never ends, you know? You know? No. So, so like now, I don't go, oh, I've done some TV things, it stops. I just go, what's the next thing now? What's the, and you know, my next thing is Edinburgh, doing the Edinburgh Festival. I go, great, do that. But I know after that, it'll be something else. You know, we'll we'll go, right, maybe me and Kat have enjoyed doing this double act. So we go, right, why don't we come up with a trick to full pen and tell together this time? Or why don't we go on Britain's Got Talent as a double act and then see how that goes? You know, there's always going to be a, a next thing uh, with it. So, yeah, you Imagine, like, like, as a kid, you know, just producing that birthday cake, just uh, <laughs> then, then fooling the best two magicians in the world. Like, yeah. You, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah. Love it. Mr. Hudson, any plugs, social media, is there anything you want people to go and check out? Sir? Well, if you're on YouTube, uh, you can see, uh, see, see all these here. Um, and if you're on the podcast, uh, you you can't see them, so uh, I'll say it. Uh, uh, it's Alan Hudson Magic, uh, and that's yeah, pretty much on anything. Yeah, start yeah, Alan Hudson Magic, and then uh, you'll you'll find me. And um, yeah, and you can see now because I think I think we've mentioned getting wrapped up in cling film, putting a bag on the head. If you've listened this far in the podcast, you've got to be intrigued, haven't you? About about what that is. If, if you made it. Like, if you made it 10 minutes in, I went, this isn't for me. Fair, fair play. Absolutely fair play. Right. Not, not a problem. But if you've made it this far, surely you've got to be interested. You can't go, like, yeah. I could listen to a podcast for two and a half hours, or whatever it is, two hours, and then and then go, nah, not, I, I, don't, I don't care about that thing. Like, you'd have to, wouldn't you? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for doing this. It means the absolute world. It really does. No, th- no thanks for having me. No, oh, yeah, absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, we've we never met before. And uh, yeah, you uh, reached out and said, what a couple. And um, yeah, that was, that was great. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. Phenomenal.
Alan, I thank you so much. It's graciously appreciated. It's absolutely amazing. And thank you for spending your Monday evening with us. No, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, I'm going to go because uh, Kat is waiting to watch Succession. Uh, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> she's, uh, she's going, oh. Yeah. Uh, my watch has been buzzing. She's probably texting me going, how long are you going to be? Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Like I said at the start, we do tend to waffle and go on. <laughs> No, it's good because it's about like you know the thing that I you know love the most, isn't it? So yeah, for me it's been yeah brilliant. No, thanks for. Just don't uh, pause it for her. Let her watch it. Don't pause it. <laughs> <laughs> I need to see it. Do you watch it? I don't actually know. It, I need no. to. It's on, it's on the list. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's like the best thing on TV at the moment. It's so good. <laughs> I've seen you with it. I might watch it. We've this a podcast now, right? I mean, it, honestly, it is like to me, it's the best bit of TV in. Like, Ten years. It's, it's wow. Mm. Okay. I've seen. I'll tell you one, one of the episodes in this last season uh, on IMDb got rated ten. So uh, really, that never happened. Yeah, and it, it actually now I think it's gone to nine point nine because I think some people got probably got annoyed that it was ten and like sort of burned it. <laughs> oh, but but still, like you're very rare that you get an ep- there's, there's one episode in this last season that is so good. It's one of the best episodes of any TV show I've ever seen. Including Breaking Bad, Wire, and all of those other sort of things. It's, it's so good. Cool. Right. Well, I'll be doing that tonight then. Thank you very much. I'll start yeah. my evening now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and and I've also told some of my friends this, and they've gone, I get it. So I do realize it's a bit divisive. It can be a bit divisive, but if you really like it, you love it. Like you, it, I think it's one of those where if you get into it, it's the best thing you've ever seen. And some people just go, I didn't get it. I didn't like any of the characters. They're all hateful. And you go, yes, they're all hateful. That's the point. <laughs> like they're all, they're all horrible. They're all you don't like any of them. Like, <laughs> but that makes it great. So Wonderful. yeah. Anyway, all right, right. Go yeah, watch later. it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Good to be. Right. Cheers, guys. You too, Alan. Take care. See, yeah. see you later. Yeah. See you later. Okay, Cheers. Bye. Like... What a glorious interview. But I'm ashamed to admit, Alan, I still can't work out that fucking fun thing. I, I'm. <laughs> Don't know. I just can't do it. I am going to tell you how it's done after this interview, after we finish this episode. All right. I will. Because I don't know how. Day. I've just never been able to do it. The worrying thing is, James, is it's so simple. I know. So... I've watched people do it. I've had people show me how to do it, and still my hands just go. And Alan even shows you in that interview as well. Alan, thank you so much for taking the time out to sit and chat to us. It was absolutely incredible to have you on. So much fun. We wish you all the success going forward, and we look forward to catching up with you soon. And we really, really, really hope that everyone enjoyed watching slash listening to it as we did recording it. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there, guys. We are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. 
to find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help. Head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Mr. Stevens. It's audience participation time. I'm so excited to participate, bitch. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's participation challenge. This week, I said, on a previous edition, we asked, what would you do if you woke up a member of the opposite sex? But this time, we're going to make it a little bit different. So with that in mind, what's the first thing you would do if you woke up as a T-Rex? I admit this one's a little bit left field, but what say you, Mr. Stevens? I'm not going to lie to you. Right? When I saw this come out, I just went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> but look at the fucking answers we've had on this. I'm so excited. But- you completely took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, I was actually really surprised at how many people took part. So thank you so much to everyone that participated in these answers because these some of them are phenomenal. What I would do necessarily, though, is I would probably just eat everything and destroy shit. Yeah, pretty much. I think that's the general instinct of a T-Rex, just to destroy everything. I probably wonder why I'm in a bed. <laughs> Because I think a lot of people went for the answers that everybody knew everyone was going to write. Yeah, there is quite a few of the same answers, but it's fun because they're great. Do? I think a little, like I just said, I think I'd mostly just be very confused to start off with, like, what, why am I a T-Rex? <laughs> How do I get out of bed with no arms to lift myself up? Well, I've got arms, but they're not much use to me. So, yeah, probably a lot oh, of Becky confusion. looks tasty. Um, um. Oh, Olivia looks tasty. Um. Um. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I'm free. I joke. <laughs> that sound like that, that sound like the Black Street song. No diggity, then the way we were doing that. Yeah, can't win, can't win, can't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> no diggity. <laughs> no family. Eight them. Just start. <laughs> just start busting out some fucking moves, and you know, haven't released a number one hit single. A little T Rex dance going down. <laughs> Anyway, let's get some answers. Claire Jones, eat the people I hate. I hate. Well, after I spend a while chasing them for a little bit first. I like it. Leanne from our friends at Leland Presents, who are part of our Bloodstock blog. They say, try to figure out how to get out of bed when I can't push myself up with my tiny T-Rex arms. It's very true. Tail? Oh, maybe. Could use your tail. I like that one. James Parsons said, so the first things I'd do is chase Olivia. That's nice. He just wants to chase my daughter as a T-Rex. Thanks for that, James. <laughs> you said you'd eat her. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, you good point. Start... She's yeah, you mine. I can chase her. I could, she's my daughter. I could do what I want. I've got to defend her against other people, but she's my daughter, right? Well, I still want to throw the river and see if she's a mermaid. Fuck it <laughs> yeah, up. I like, fucking know. At least I do. <laughs> oh. Gemma Williams, try and make a bed and then try and clap my hands. Oh, and eat anyone who is an annoying jo- annoying driver. What feasts will I enjoy? They really don't like drivers on that Talking Codswallop podcast. They really don't. 
<laughs> Alan Carr, try and bash one out, but just be extremely disappointed because I can't reach. <laughs> you reckon T-Rex's penises must be higher up? Maybe. That's one thing you don't learn when you're looking at dinosaurs. Where are their genitals? Then again, yeah, they don't, T-Rex doesn't even have genitals. So you wouldn't, well, you'd obviously not wanking ears because you were a human before, but surely a T-Rex wouldn't even think today. He just wants to eat all the time. Yeah, that's a really good point. Anyway, <laughs> Phil Jolly, I think a small degree of shitting oneself may be involved. Yeah, I imagine so. Yes, probably quite terrified waking up as a T-Rex. <laughs> Michael Golden, well, I know I'd immediately give up on the idea of scratching my balls. <laughs> Corey Howes, I'd sell my T-Rex costume because I don't need that anymore. <laughs> I'm with you on that on Corey. <laughs> Leah Smith, I'd give myself a big clap. Oh, <laughs> most of these answers just involve little arms. It's great. <laughs> Benjamin George cried that I can no longer reach my feet. <laughs> Adam Lancaster probably think, why the fuck am I a T-Rex? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jerry Keane, roar and let everyone know what we really sound like as opposed to what Spielberg thinks we sound like from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I like that, Jerry Keane. I like that one. <laughs> Johnny Simpson. I don't know why this one really tickled me. I would attempt to live my life as normal as possible. Nothing different. <laughs> <Just> crack on. <laughs> He's a personal trainer to well. work. <laughs> Dumbbells. <laughs> fucking T-Rex on a running machine in one for each foot <laughs> and Joe Smith she's using her brain on this one go and buy some slip-on shoes very clever, don't need to worry about them laces <laughs> Martin Skerritt in one of those answers there's a couple of these that just the mental image of it really makes me laugh so, try and scratch my back <laughs> <laughs> Dean Salmon in an answer very similar to Alan's Try and rub one out because it would feel huge in those tiny arms. <laughs> <laughs> David Farmer, go back to bed because obviously I'm still dreaming. <laughs> Fair. Jonathan Minton, I'm a slow riser, so I'd probably roll over, go back to sleep at first, make some breakfast, realise I can't reach the kettle or the hob, and then probably followed by some lack of caffeine-fueled rampage. I like it. Just try and carry on with your day, but it's just not happening for you. <laughs> Christopher Moland. Well, I'd probably die because my room's really small and it would just all fall apart and, and land on me because <laughs> I'm a T-Rex now. <laughs> <laughs> Midian Von Thorn. What a great name. Uh, firstly, there is no way I could exit my house quietly. Secondly, I'd probably head to a farm for a nighttime snack. And third, I'd probably just go to a forest just to live quietly and prolong my life. I like it. Thinking in the long term. Galen Hauser in another answer that really made me laugh just because of the mental image of it all. I'd try and no doubt fail to get my CPAP mask off. You know, the mask you wear if you've got sleep apnea. Oh, yes. I used to have sleep apnea. So just the idea of trying to get that off with T-Rex arms really fucking made me giggle. Ori Kimbler. I'd bite the heads off people like they're tiny gingerbread men. Sounds about right for Rory. Yeah. I'll give you a couple more. Ryan Williams. 
If I woke up as a T-Rex, after I survey the damage I caused, because a T-Rex waking up in a 2,000 square foot house can't be a pretty picture, the first thing I would do is grab my claw grabbers, because a T-Rex is already an apex predator, and imagine how the world would react to see a T-Rex with two claw grabbers. After I grab my claw grabbers, it's either world domination or becoming like a T-Rex chef or something. I like it. I like it. That'd be hard with claw grabbers, though. <laughs> and last... I'm breaking out with them. And last but not least, it's a man who had way too much fun with this answer, with this question, because he's given us four answers. And that's our good friend, Mally Malpass. Same thing I always do when I wake up. Have a what? Oh shit! Tiny arms. <laughs> says if I woke up as a T Rex, I would wonder how the fuck am I going to get out of my bedroom? <laughs> if I woke up as a T Rex, I'd probably be all like rah, and then I'd be like grr, and then I'd totally be like rah, and then my mom would probably wonder what all that noise was upstairs and be like, what's all that noise? It sounds like a herd of bloody elephants up there, and I wouldn't speak or understand human anymore because I'm a T Rex. So I'd be like rah, grr, and then eat my mom when she storms in to find out what all that noise is. <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, from Mali. This made me face palm so bad that my hand probably almost went through my head. If I woke up as T-Rex, I'd spend all my royalty check from 20th Century Boy on tattoos. Do you know what? I'm actually gutted he didn't put Crusher in. I was going to. I only didn't because I wanted to save it for Malice, <laughs> the T-Rex reference. I have got it here. Shall I add it? Shall I add it? Because you love the answer so much. I'll add it at the end. Crusher Jewel says, see how the new single are done in the charts. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it so much because it was just completely separate of everybody else. It was just different. And I thought it was I really clever. And that's why I loved it. So we will get him on the show. Oh, I love the fact that he responded. I fucking love it. Yeah, that was great. And we oh. really... Really appreciate everybody participating in Jamie's challenge. Thank you so much. I mean, granted, like, I'll honestly throw my hands up and thought when I saw it, I was like, fucking no one's going to answer. Like, what has he done? <laughs> I was like, this is just a Jamie question to ask. Uh, but fairly surprised about how many answers we got. So thank you so much. You know, you've nailed it this week, Westwood. You've absolutely nailed it. Um, so if you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum's Treachings, The Interview, and all the absolute gobshite we talk at the beginning. Then you'll enjoy the other 88 editions of the Chronicles of Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from, whether that be Spotify, Apple, Google, etc., etc. Make sure you follow us on YouTube to you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit that bell to get notified when videos are released. And make sure you comment, comment, comment. But subscribing is the main thing. Please subscribe. Please, please, please. We'd really appreciate it. So, um. All of our interviews are on there. All of our shows are on there. All of our hashtag WBW way back Wednesdays are on there. All of our Bloodstock live interviews from last year are on there. Our Bloodstock vlog is on there. And our Dublin crust vlog is on there as well. Way more to come this year, boys and girls. Way more to come. You can also find us on Facebook at The Chronicles of Podcast. Make sure you hit the like button. Share it fucking everywhere. Make sure everyone knows all about it. But Jamie... Just thinking about it now. Where else could you find us? Sitting there in the corner of the room going, why can't I work out how to do this fucking fun trick? That or on the Twitter. At TCO pod. And whilst you're still trying to work out how to do the thumb trick and searching through our Twitter, where else could you find us? Sitting there 
pretending to be a T-Rex going, I've got such little arms. Or on the Instagram or at TCO Pod. You can find us on TikTok at TCO Pod. Make sure you get on there, see all the clips. Go watch the Joe Gash video. Go watch Jamie's Chesney Hawks video because that is always the ultimate video currently that sits on our TikTok. You can find us at on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Come and connect with us on there. Or you can come on down to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderful little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. You can find out all about us on there. All of our shows and episodes are on there. All of our affiliations and sponsors are on there. And our shop is on there as well. You can get yourself a Chronicles of Podcast t-shirt, hoodie, uh, or or you can get a journal. If you want to get a Tom a, a journal that's, you know, like Tom's journal, then please, please do so. It'd be absolutely wonderful and we'd really appreciate it. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. Make sure you subscribe on that YouTube and now, a word from Jamie Westwood. Oh, thank you. No, wrong one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First off, every single piece of music you hear on this show is brought to you by one man. And that man's name is Mr. Singer-songwriter Matt Roberts. We can't thank Matt enough for all of the amazing music he gives us. Go check him out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music from. Go and find the song Once in a Lifetime. It might sound quite similar to you. And if not, go listen to his brand new album, Light of Day. is absolutely amazing. We cannot wait to hear what Matt is coming out with next. Go follow him on all the social medias, at Matt Roberts Music. Give him a follow. Tell him that we sent you. Why not? Just say, oh, I found your music on here. I think it's wonderful. Go let him know. Massive thank you to Matt to everything he does for us. It means the absolute world. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Barry and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. As I've been telling you for weeks, we've got the new hoodies, the new coffee mugs, which are absolutely amazing. And now there's new T-shirts as well. And they're absolutely incredible designs. Go check them all out now. Add whatever you like the look of to your basket and then enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get 10% off your order. And while you're showing Mr. Barry some love for his clothing line, go show him some love for his music. Go look for Say We Can Fly, this dude's brand new album, Beneath the Roses. It is superb. And last but not least, we have to say a massive thank you to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred, and intolerance everywhere. And we mean everywhere. It is clear as day now as it was then people in this world are being treated differently because of the music they listen to the way they dress the way they live their life and the way they want to be themselves quite frankly and the fact that it's still happening in this day and age is all kinds of ridiculous reading the news the past few days i just want to send out all my love and support and everything to the people of florida because mr ronda santa's go fuck yourself dickhead anyway but yeah it is a message we need to spread all across the world. It is okay to just be yourself, to just live your life how you want to live it. Listen to that music, dress how you want to. It doesn't matter. You are you at the end of the day. There is only one you, so don't let other people stop yourself from being you. If you wish to help out the charity, like I really hope you do, head out to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. You can buy some merchandise, like that beautiful T-shirt that Tom's wearing right there. There's the hoodies that sometimes we wear. There's the hats we sometimes wear. Go get yourself any of those right now. Give the website a share, because there's people you may know out there who don't know Sophie's story. Sophie's story is so important for being treated differently, like I said, and ultimately paid the ultimate cost for being herself. That is what it came down to. That was what it boiled down to. She was murdered 
for being herself. And it is completely unacceptable. So please help us spread that message to make that change. And while you go on sophielancasterfoundation.com, click on that ambassadors tab. You'll see two very familiar faces. And we cannot wait to be helping supporting the foundation throughout the summer at the festival season. We cannot wait. And last but not least, a massive thank you to this handsome bugger joining me right here. Thanks very much, Jamie. It's greatly appreciated. And obviously, I second everything you say. Another awesome episode in the bank. It was another awesome episode in the bank. Alan, thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to sit and chat to us. We absolutely loved it. Not going to lie, it's fantastic. And just watching you perform tricks in front of our faces blew our minds. Um, <laughs> I will teach Jamie the thumb trick after this, is, after this episode is finished. Um, a hell of an episode, a hell of a week. We love it. Uh, and we're excited so for, for next week's episode, my birthday. So Ooh. my birthday episode next week, because as for this week, We'll see you all next week for the Chronicles of George Corey and the Artist Cleo. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Enjoy Download Festival.